1: Uh, we have a chance to try to extend our season record to 12
2: games, uh, and that's important for us, and that's the only thing that's really pretty much on, on my mind, and I think I speak to the masses when I say that. You
3: know, the defense is playing great, the special teams are
2: getting great field position, you know, the offense is it, it, winning, uh, the point of attack, uh, we find ways to win
3: can get to there until you take care of what's next.
4: I want to be number one. I Do you think you are the best?
5: Right now, at the time of, in life and where I'm playing it, yes.
6: Yo, 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 yo! What's the deal, Panther fans? It's Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Podcast. Brought to you by Carolina Pan- CarolinaCatChronicle.com. Can't even say my own website's name. I'm so excited because the Panthers have moved to 5-2 and two after a 36-21 to 21 defeat over the Baltimore Ravens and the number one, formerly known as the number one defense in the league. And we're going to talk all about that tonight, and I'm here with my homeboys, Cody Lashney in the house. What's up, Cody?
7: C3 family, what's up? They said the Baltimore Ravens was the best defense in the NFL. Well someone didn't tell Cameron, Jarrell, Newton, and North Turner, it's Tuesday night. You know we're about to rap. Let's do it, boys.
8: Joe Riolano
6: in the house. How you doing, my friend?
8: Tony, I am excellent. I'm happy to be with you guys on Tuesday. After a Hornets win, Tuesdays are all that much sweeter. The Hornets. So let's get it started.
6: You said after the Hornets win.
8: Oh, I'm sorry, I'm watching the Hornet Game after the Panthers win on Sunday.
6: They're uh, up right now. Um they're winning right now, correct? Handily. Handily. All right, man. Okay, so tonight's episode is All You Need Is Love When You Got Cam. It's episode eighteen point three nine, the thirty show of our into our sixth season as a show. Haven't missed the Tuesday yet. And we do it because we've got some of the most fun people to run the show here in the chat box. What's up to everyone on YouTube? We appreciate it. Go ahead and turn your phone to portrait. Smash that thumbs up button. Let's get these likes and these thumbs ups and these views all up to grow Panther Nation together. We've got some great cat calls tonight. The number is 252 50, 98. You can get your voice heard on the C three Panthers podcast and, uh, we got a ton to talk about tonight about this team, uh about the trade deadline and some various things. So, make sure that you catch up with us in the post-game show too after the game on Sundays or maybe I guess it's going to be super late on that Thursday night game in 2 weeks. But we're here breaking it down for you guys. Um and let's have some fun tonight, Joey. Tonight the guy the the de- trade deadline passed and there was no Jared Allen no Jared Allen on the wire like in 2015 when it was time for us to bolster the defensive line some similarities there but nothing happened today the Panthers stayed pat how you feel about all of that were you disappointed or is it just like hey it is what it is
8: yeah I think really uh, you know aside from pulling some Madden like trades the video game Madden um, I'm pretty happy that the Panthers just are going to play the cards they were dealt. Cody, the
6: Panthers have put together the, probably the most complete win of the season, at least described by, by Ron Rivera like that over the Baltimore Ravens. And you know you're starting to feel good about this team. And the question still lingers: Does the defense have what it takes? Uh, to push deep into the playoffs, deep into the season, because while the pass rush has gotten pressure, it hasn't gotten as home as much as we'd like. Cody, did was this something that the Panthers should have considered bolstering the line? We saw Dante Fowler move today. Um, I was thinking of the Olivier to the Olivier.
7: Rams. Of all teams.
6: To yeah, the Rams. The rich just get richer. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of uh, to going to Washington and targeting what is his name olivier vernon vernon uh mm-hmm. I always yeah, get Olivia it confused vernon. with the old actor vernon Olivier <laughs> 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 but the you know but he's an older defensive end, but he's played a little bit. He's been playing kind of well this year when he's not been banged up, but the Panthers did not make any moves to strengthen this defense. Was that something that was needed? How are we going to? How is this pass rush in the defensive line? Or do they got what it takes?
7: You know, I would have liked to have seen an attempt to maybe bolster the defensive line a little bit, but really I'm not too worried. I feel this is a signal from our our coaching staff in the front office that, you know, look what we've been able to do thus far with the team that we have intact, and they have a lot of faith in this football team. And my mom always tells me you have to trust a gut instinct. And, you know, I've always had this theory that you don't know what a football team is actually made of until about week 7 of the NFL season, and that's around where we're at. And it's not a coincidence, in my opinion, that now you've seen us put on our most dominant performance. I think that we need to trust this team, the best is still yet to come. Um, I think we're okay. I don't really know who we would have targeted um, anyway. Uh, I think we're in a good place right now.
6: Which players need to step I mean, it up on that defense, though? I mean, because the defensive line has not done what we hoped it would do. And while this defense hasn't played particularly good or, ba- or bad uh, anyway, the strength has really come from the back end with Dante Jackson playing out of his mind, Eric Reed really starting to come on strong, and the linebackers, I guess, would be led by Luke Keekley, you know, playing downhill. But the strength has not come from the defensive line. Who needs to step up there, Joey?
8: Well, um, I'm gonna get back to not making a move. I think part of the reason um, they may not have looked to add someone um, is they didn't wanna tinker with the team chemistry. Um, I think they kinda like what they're getting from people. And, And you know, sometimes when you bring in an outsider it just uh, you lose that chemistry. You know, kind of throws off, uh, throws off the vibe. Um, I think as far as who we just need everybody to continue to work hard. I think um, we saw great effort from the guys this past week. Um, they were not able to get to the quarterback every time or much at all. I think, would they end up with one, two sacks maybe? But I, know Keek, put, I
6: know Keekly got here. Keekly got one. I know that.
7: Um... Yeah, the, the the fact that they weren't from our defensive line, I mean, you might be see that as a sign to worry. Um, I Again, I still don't uh, – I've said it before – Our team kind of amps up later on. Mm -hmm. You wish they would come right out of the oven blazing, but that's just not who this team is. But I I, I do feel, you know, I trust K-1 Short, Mario Addison, Julius Peppers. I mean, they're veterans. They're grizzled. They know what they're doing. Um, You know, I think as we start to incorporate some of those safety blitzes and corner blitzes, you know, and letting our linebackers play fast, I'm really not too worried about this defensive line. I think we're going to be all right, and we're going to start getting home.
6: Too credited with two sacks, I think that Luke Keekley one, he actually got the ball away at the last second before his knee touched. Um, it was Eric Reed and Dante Jackson who recorded the sacks. So those are on the blitzes, or, mm. uh, you know, obviously those are coming from – they're not generated by the defensive front. Now, one of the interesting things, I think, about the trade – talks, guys, is that we saw, I think it was Tim Tizzy said, I don't think there was anyone out there worth trading for. And if you if you think about the defensive front, if you were going to get a guy uh, to play, it would be, obviously, it's going to be a defensive end. But then you got to think about who you're trying to replace. Is that guy's got to replace Julius Peppers. And I think that's a tall order to ask anyone to play first and second down and then just let Peppers come in on third. More than likely, Peppers is just going to be better than that person on every down. Unless you get somebody who, like, I don't even think Dante Fowler would would be that guy. Um, and then, I mean, and you're not going to replace Addison. So you're talking about bringing in a guy to do kind of what you really, truly want Peppers to do. And um, to take some, you know, lessen his pitch count. So I think there is something to what you're saying, Joey, in that chemistry is that it would have to be very seamless. Mm -hmm. And unless one of those guys saw the door or saw an injury, I think it would be tough to figure that out. The team hasn't necessarily shown a propensity for figuring out rotations so far either.
8: I I think you're right. I think um, they... They didn't see anyone or they didn't feel anyone out there could add much more to what they had. And thankfully, there was no injury that made it a priority to bring somebody in. So, when you know, the the devil you know is better than the one you don't. Great point.
7: Yeah, <laughs> and then you would have to learn our system. We would yeah. Have to come in. And, you know, I also think that it does kind of, underline the, the faith that they have in Wes Horton. And maybe even now, FA Obada or Odaba. I always say his name wrong. However you say it, Obata. I apologize. I call, I call him Obama sometimes. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, listen, I, I do think that they, they do like our rotation. Um, you know, we even talked a little bit before the show that, you know, maybe our coaching staff. Uh, has more faith in Vernon Butler than even we do. I mean, I know he's not been very popular amongst us, amongst everyone in the chat. But um, I kind of think they like their rotation right now, and they kind of feel, uh, as I do, that you haven't seen the best of him yet, and there was no need to bring someone in that would have to learn everything that we're doing. Hopefully, it right.
6: speaks to the how minor how good Mario Addison is feeling because you know he dinged, you know he injured his back. True. and hopefully Great. this tells us this is that uh, he's starting to get on the mend, or at least they don't think it's serious. Because F.A. Abada doesn't have a lot of experience. While he's got he's made some plays so far, it's going to be hard to see him take on a larger role, uh, I think. It, well, I think you're going to try to be finding a guy. Marquise Haynes, uh, I don't even know. If Brian Cox Jr. is still in the rotation. Uh, Wes Horton, I think as you get deeper into the season – it might be like we were in 2015 when we had uh, some of these kind of no-name guys having to play some snaps and needing to contribute. And and so these guys hopefully are going to gain some confidence in the system and, uh, and get us to where we need to go. But I think, like some people pointed out in the chat room, we want to see Dontari Poe step up. We want to see Vernon Butler step up. KK has got to start making some plays, and I think – We really just need Mario Addison to get 10 sacks this season. He's got to be the guy that is the number one guy and let Julius Peppers just try to get what we can from him because he's probably been the most damaging pass rusher we've had in some ways.
7: I kind of still think it's going to end up being K-1 short. I think KK is going to turn it on. And, you know, when your defensive tackles help out your linebackers the most, Because, you know, when you're defending that A and B gap, you know, when your defensive tackles are winning, Shaq Thompson and Thomas and and Luke, they love that. So I I see that defensive line and the man who's in our title, Kyle Love. I mean, I think those two are going to pay dividends down the road.
6: So, guys, I've been thinking about this. We are all excited after the win on Sunday and we saw uh, what we thought was a creative offensive scheme or at least we saw North Turner's expertise and Harbaugh after the game pointed out that North Turner dissected them and, and game play, and schemed them to death so we saw the best coaching potentially of the season we saw mm-hmm. the best offensive the most crisp offensive performance and the defense uh, did some good things uh, enough in many ways uh, to always keep us ahead. And that offense was just clicking. My question, though, is afterwards we were so consumed about how complete and how awesome this was. But we got really, really, we were very fortunate in a lot of cases. Ball bounced the right way. We got some good calls. Uh, There were some defensive push-off or some offensive pass interference. Three, I, I think, against Willie Sneed that I'm not saying that, what if, you know, sometimes they just don't get called. So my question to you guys is, uh, we had, with all of that good luck that we had in that game, how authentically complete and good was this victory? Or was this, uh, we still got to see because of that fortune that we had?
7: Jared, jump up.
8: Um, I think... I think it's a mixture of both, Tony. I think we saw some really good things by our guys. Um we saw um better better pressure. Um we saw the the defensive coordinator use the secondary and linebackers in blitz in packages. And we we did have, you know, some balls bounce away. Um, The perfect example being uh, DJ Moore on the reverse. Literally bounce bounce Right back into his lap. If you watch it, he never panics. He never freaks out. He watches the ball. He sees it come up, and he scoops it up and goes. Um, So I think really, honest to God, it was a little bit of both. We run this play
6: at USC. Sorry, I'm. Dallas, in, I'm trying to the Raiders, play the clip. San it's Francisco. Not um, this is triple option right here. The DJ Moore the pitch right here. DJ Baldinger. Moore. Why Baldinger, wouldn't you breaking that? it out?
3: Look at that, like a shortstop fielding one hop. I believe All that so. Speed. Yeah. Turned the corner on Mosley. Now look at him staring traffic so, down the road yeah. picking right. up a block on the outside from Funches.
6: So you you saw some, and that's what it takes sometimes, Joey. A lot of it Mm -hmm. coming together, right? Not Mm -hmm. just only, you know, I mean, we had a, you need the ball to bounce your way. Now, Cody, the defense, though, has not been as lights out as we are accustomed to seeing. But this offense is really starting to click and do a lot of things well. Cam Newton at the helm of that. Is this just are we? Is this just as um, a team that we're not as familiar seeing win these ways, but still just as good as we've seen in the past?
7: Well, uh, yes, I, I do still want to see more. We all do, but uh, one of the things I do think that is important to say is, you know, we've been giving a lot of love to North Turner and deservedly so. I mean, you look at Cam Newton's completion percentage. Um, I mean, it's been you know better than it ever has been, and North Turner definitely does deserve a lot of credit. And even though you know we we always heap tons of love on Cam Newton, um, I think you have to do that still, man. If you follow Cam Newton on Instagram, uh, he's he, even on Monday. He's up early in the morning on the treadmills. He is putting in work and dedication and time and effort. And man, the throws that he has been able to make and the plays that he's been able to make moving the ball down the field, Cam Newton is playing his best football right now. His numbers are even better than this point through the 2015 season. So there's so much to be thankful for um, having this quarterback on the team right now. Cam is playing incredible. uh, And I think they're letting the offense run through him more. And that's how you run football games when you have a weapon just like Cam Newton.
6: All right. Um we're going to get to I, I want to say that we got we got plenty more to talk about in this game. We we want to talk about how important, how good Cam can be this season. But guys, we have been trying to make a conscious effort to make this show the most interactive on the the most interactive Panthers podcast around because you guys in the chat room on the cat calls line fuel such a good conversation so right now what we're gonna do is we're gonna go ahead and jump into the first round of cat calls we've got a special guest coming on at 935 gene from buck what you heard so let's pound out some of these calls we'll then check in with gene and then we'll finish up the calls we still got plenty to talk about guys here we go. What are
0: your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did
6: that make you feel?
0: Uh, very uncomfortable.
6: So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel?
0: It feels two two good like and, and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face in his Who's
7: that kid that can use one? Professor Mel Mayock. Freaking Puerto Rican. It's Cody Lashley from the YouTube chat once more. Yeah, it's and I just want to say real quick, I feel like how the professor felt when we didn't go after TJ Ward. Is this the We're right call? We're an opportunity yeah, right really now cold. to get This
6: better. is an old I'm call. Con- this is the old call. Alright, here we go. I'm
7: like, hey, dude, I'm I'm I like, dude, I don't remember.
6: I know. I was like, hey, gosh, I know I got the calls, too. That means that Male's call is lost somewhere on my files, so I'm gonna go to work following it. Here we go. Hey, Nothing ever goes Black smooth.
4: Again, I guess I went too long, so let me speed this thing up and shut it up. Back in- Hey, what's up, C three? Uh this your boy Nova Black again. Um, man, what a game! What a game! First time yep. we yep. guys came out and played uh full complimentary football in all three phases. Uh, I want to start real quick with the offense. Our quarterback, Cam Newton, guy, played out of his mind. I think he had like uh, yeah, he 21 for two out of 29 uh, for like 200-some odd yards, two touchdowns, a rushing touchdown, looking like his old MVP form. Very judicious. Um, I think he kind of took some.
6: Here's the second part of that call right there.
4: Hey, it's over black again. I guess I went too long, so let me speed this thing up and shut it up. Back to Dante Jackson, man. That guy, he really, uh, shut this, this brown dude up. <laughs> I mean, he's
3: supposed to be the
4: speedster, but he played really good, got him a sack. You know, we've been calling for him. You guys was calling for him, you know, to do the blitz, the corner blitz. He did that. He, he, it was successful. Um, Eric Reed showed up big time. The whole defense showed up big time. Um, I look forward to our game against the Bucks. Um, I hope it's a good game. It would definitely be boring if we put up a 50 burger on those guys and just shut them out. Uh, anyway, <laughs> everybody keep <laughs> pounding. Uh, you know, um, shout out to uh, Michael Polardi, Graham Gano. You know the whole the whole special team squad. You know for you know keeping uh, the Baltimore Ravens deep on it on their own. Uh, on their own field uh, Sideline or whatever you want to call it like In their 10 yard line Inside the 20 Anyways you guys keep pounding I love you guys I'll keep uh, sharing this podcast in, in the Panthers group The keep pounding group on Facebook uh, I'll keep uh, watching Staying tuned and everything So everybody have a good one
6: Man thank you for that call man We really appreciate it. Pointing out that the special teams in this game Cody Was really important to us uh, winning the field position battle, putting him in some difficult spots, particularly after on that opening drive, they were able to march down the field uh, uh, rather easily in some ways or uh, easier than we wanted. They score a touchdown, and you're thinking, man, this could be a long day. But the special teams after that can continue to put us in an advantageous position, Cody. Polardi has been phenomenal. He's been fantastic. Throw Curtis Samuel in on there because he's been playing so great on that punt team. And then Graham Gano has been lights out, really, for us, other than a couple of extra points.
7: Yeah, man, listen. Uh, Mike polarity has not just been phenomenal. He's been the best punter in the NFL. I mean, the stats don't lie, man. He has been a weapon for us. And punters are people, too, damn it. Uh, listen, man, our special teams, they're doing work and i mean that's an important part of football you know they don't get a lot of the praise a lot of the love but when you're able to flip the field like that at a moment's notice and pin them back to their end zone i mean that's a big deal and especially later on in the season when you're in you know november december that matters having players that know what they're doing on special teams so yeah that's been very important i love what we're seeing and yeah i mean shout out to nova for bringing that up i mean Whenever our special teams plays like that, it's incumbent upon us as Panther fans to be able to point that out and show them love as well.
6: Yeah, Dante Jackson has been a crazy good. And John Brown, who had over like almost like 140 yards the week before, 120 yards the week before, uh, was held to like 20. So we did some really good things. And I still think Eric Reid has a big part of this as well on the defense uh, I think that we're starting to see a team that may be a little bit more resemblant of some of those Seahawks teams coming forward. If you could get, and obviously Whoa. our corners are not yeah. as big as that, but maybe the power is going to come from the back.
8: Whoa, those are big words, man. <laughs>
6: Well, I mean, Dante uh, uh, Jackson lights out. Eric Reed's playing well. And Luke keekley is the field general out there. Those have been our three best players on defense so far.
7: We have almost as many interceptions this year as we had all of last season. I mean, and listen, uh, uh, the cornerback position, you know, when you have a dominant player back there, they're not throwing over there. So you don't see them all the time and you don't see what they're doing on the field. Listen, guys, Dante Jackson... And I've said this before. I'll say it every Tuesday. I'll say it every Sunday. <laughs> Dalton Jackson flies to the football. Okay? That man has – he has instincts that are second to none. I mean, he is so good playing the position. His first year in the NFL. He has that bravado that we haven't had in a long time that we all wish we saw more of from James Bradbury. He's a ball hawk. Uh, you know, that it's allowing people like Mike Adams – and Eric ready to play fast and play well. I, I cannot heap enough praises on Dante Jackson, man. If you're ever able to watch the film and watch him play, the dude's incredible. I mean, there's no other way to say it.
6: I know what happened with the cat calls, guys. I loaded last year's Halloween calls, 1031, up <laughs> instead of the cat calls from 1030, All 2018. All Here we go. All righty, then. Here's Mel Mayock, though, I think. Yo, what's up, boys? It's Drew. Um am calling in <laughs> talk about that game, man.
9: That's four quarters of Panther football. That's what we should have been doing all year. Finally.
7: Hell yeah. Um,
9: what do you guys think about Cam and the MVP race? I think he's kind of getting right. swept under the radar because all the other... Had um, Mahomes, Gurley and all them, but... I think he deserves to be mentioned.
6: Uh, keep pounding. All right, Joey, I'm gonna to go to you on that. Cam Newton. I saw. I know that you've rewatched the offensive snaps from that game. He's dealing. He's had a statistically a better season than he's had than he was having in 2015. When it comes to pass completions, throwing touchdowns, uh, even I think rushing touchdowns. So this the the statistics are panning out. It just turns out that Ty Gurley is an insane monster over there in LA, and uh, Pat Mahomes is having the greatest rookie season, where well, one of the greatest quarterback in season so far to this point. Where do you think Cam Newton is in the MVP conversation?
8: Um, I w- I would say. Mm-mm, it's okay to bring him up and mention him in the conversation. I don't think he's a leader of the pack. Um But I do think he's worth mentioning because he is doing the very things that people said he was incapable of doing. People thought he could not be an accurate passer. And he has showing them all that he can be a very accurate passer.
6: Well, he's also got nine more games to go, Cody, in that th- those other guys have nine games to go as well. Now, Gurley, I think, is going to be Ty Gurley all the way. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. There there could be, Pat Mahomes could...
7: You, go, you over Pat Mahomes?
6: Well, I'm just saying, Mahomes could, while I think Mahomes is leading the race right now, just because of how incredible, he's also got to play nine games, too. Right. Left. Yeah, and so he it's possible. Now. Yeah, they could cool. And so yeah. is that really? It's about pacing. And while Cam Newton is deserves consideration, as Lynn put it in the chat room, as Joey said, it's okay to mention his name in the conversation. It, it's not. He shouldn't be the front runner at this point. Right. But that right. doesn't mean eight games from now, if he keeps having this season and the way it's going, that that doesn't change. So Cody. Is he having an MVP-worthy season?
7: You know, I feel in most seasons he would be. But when you look at what Patrick Mahomes is doing and what Todd Gurley is doing, and, and granted, I will say both of those teams, the Chiefs and the Rams, they're about to go through the gauntlet. If you look at their schedule, they play some of the best teams in football. Well, they
6: play each other, too.
7: Yeah, they play each other in Mexico. And Andy Reid coached teams They have a history of falling off a cliff. I mean, they did Mm -hmm. so recently. So, you know, I I don't know if Cam is going to come out number one. But listen, I I, I try not to be superstitious, but a fact is a fact. Uh, You know, for the past, uh, you know, five or six years, the player that won the MVP of the NFL didn't win the Super Bowl even though they were in it. So, you know, it's like I try not to be superstitious, but man, listen. If hoisting up a Vince Lombardi Trophy means that Cam Newton misses out on the MVP, I'm fine with that, man.
6: <laughs> I'm gonna tell you this: is that look, I'm rooting for Cam, but right now Patrick Mahomes is having the most incredible season. He's seven. Uh, is what is he seven and one? Yep. And he's got a 65% completion rate, rounded up to 66. 2,500 yards and 26. Passing touchdowns. He also yeah,
8: he's, he's got so much talent around him, man. He's it's got two
6: it. rushing touchdowns too. Those numbers are just unreal, type numbers. Only six interceptions. Those are like some. Of, those are the great. I mean, it's the greatest seven game stretch by a quarterback ever, possibly.
7: Yeah, I mean, um, and this is it's his first season in the NFL. You know, he had a red shirt year last year under Alex Smith. So he's just now kind of starting to take the helm, you know, and, and take the take the reins of that offense. But um, I don't know, man. I believe it when I see it. I, I don't trust that defense. And if they're not, you know, in the AFC championship game, then he probably won't even be mentioned for the MVP. It all depends on where they finish.
6: Ty Gurley, by the way, is on pace for 1,600 yards rushing. Yeah. <laughs> he's 800 <laughs> yards on the dot. And he has receiving yards. Good God. I don't even know how many. How does it? Where's the total at? The sum yeah, and- is something crazy. It is 351 receiving yards right now.
7: Well, can I just say? And did you mention receiving yards? Nirvash in the chat hits the nail on the head. They did in Kansas City what you're supposed to do with a quarterback. Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill, Samuel Watkins, Travis Kelsey. Amongst others, I mean that's what you're supposed to do. If you have a quarterback like that, you put weapons around them, and that didn't happen with Cam Newton, you know, for a lot of time here in Carolina. So you know, you and and look what Cam Newton was able to do his first year in the NFL, even without those kinds of players. Oh yeah,
6: I'm not saying the guy's a better quarterback. I'm just saying the season (laughs) itself is incredible and you know I think they I mean they've also hit some you know they've gotten some guys like Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill they weren't the most celebrated picks at one point point. Um, and maybe they were Is but there was one guy that had some problems like he killed a dog or so I don't know either way it's an incredible season but Cam is having an incredible season and it's nice to fly under the radar because a lot of it's going to have to do with how these teams are sitting later on in the season the problem is that the Rams are kicking butt, and so are the Chiefs at the moment. So until somebody slows down, this is one hell of a race to watch, and you better stay on
10: pace. Tony, Joe, Cody,
9: it's Aaron, or Mel. Just wanted to check in with you guys. Uh, I was hoping to be on the show tonight, but can't make it. I've uh, got too much going on, unfortunately, but... Hey, just wanted to give you my perspective. These uh, Panthers really are starting to come around and look like the 2015 team going against the number one rated defense. I mean, Cam is more confident, and that offensive line just looked amazing. And the defense, it looks like Eric Washington starting to call the right plays at the right time, but mixing in blitzes, press and zone coverage. You know, things are coming together, but uh, we've got to see if it's an aberration, you know, kind of a one-time thing, you know, Five good quarters of football, or if they can sustain it, and uh, we're going up against Fitz Magic uh, this coming weekend, so it'll be a good test. Uh, but I, I will be back next week, uh, good Lord willing, and uh, miss you guys. Hope you're having fun, and I'll be watching in the morning.
6: We're gonna have a big, we're gonna have a big test uh, when it comes to this Bucks offense, and we're gonna be talking about that with Gene Thomas from Buck What You Heard podcast in just a moment about that. You know, and because they're the surprisingly the number one offense, I think in the NFL or something like that, which is crazy given that they're one of the stinkiest teams in the history. No, they're not very good, right? Oh God, that team! It's
7: magic, baby.
6: I know. If that's what's your magic, then we're all right. But a test for our defense because there's some talent uh, in some guys there. OJ Howard having a great season, a surprise for a lot of people. I was excited that because I like him as a player. And I've drafted him in fantasy, so that helped me a lot.
11: Panther fan down in Savannah. Whoop, whoop, on the win today. Yeah. Man, we look good. God, we look good. Man, it was nice to see a good, complete game from our cats is all I got to say. Whoop, whoop
7: from Savannah, baby. Love the Panthers. Nice. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop, He said, whoop, whoop. From <laughs> <laughs> baby. Let's go. He never
6: rested, baby. All right. My, uh, look, the cat calls line is 252-228-5098. You can get your voice heard on the Longest Running Panthers podcast. We want you to steer this conversation. Go ahead and turn your phone to portrait mode. Smash that thumbs up button. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, tune in the radio. And like that caller said earlier, go ahead and share it. Share the podcast. Let's grow Panther Nation together. What Rowan Ryan has coined has changed the culture. It's time for us to become one of the loudest Panther, well, one of the loudest fan bases, and that can happen on the Internet uh, for you people, for some of us who can't get to the games. So we appreciate your support. We're going to keep going through. One last call, and then Gene's jumping in. Uh,
12: this is Chase Fuller uh, from Hickory North County. From Hickory North Carolina caller. Been listening since uh, the June or July area. Uh, I just got to say, you guys are doing an amazing job. Uh, super hospitable, and I really appreciate you guys putting on a fan-friendly show. Um, but I just got a few notes, mostly from last week's game. Uh, one, Kyle Love is a monster, uh, undoubtedly. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he, All you need is love. Man alive. Um, I mean, I want to see him tested. It's crazy how fast that guy is going in there. Cornerback with a sack. It's crazy. Uh, Greg Olson still got it special teams definitely could do a little bit better DJ Moore had a great coming out party around between week six and eight is the best time to see a rookie really start to shine uh, and come out I hate that Tory Smith had to go down for us to see more out of him but you know sometimes with the injury you know the younger guy gets to get in there and do something CMC's awareness of where the football is on the field was crazy awesome um, and my last point is, you guys have got to get off Bradbury. Not, not you specifically, Tony or Cody. I mean, I'm just saying, all the fans calling in that are on Bradbury. These guys lining up against some of the top receivers in the NFL. Yes, um, drafted him 62, uh, 62nd overall. You know, in 2016, he's 25 years young. He's, this is the kind of guy that's getting going to get coached into greatness almost. Um, we, we hardly paid him any money, 3.6 million. Um, like I said, you can coach the guy into greatness. And uh, if you remember, his very first game was against Denver. And his very first tackle was the first play of the game against C.J. Anderson, our running back, one of our running backs <laughs> right now. But anyway, once again, thanks for putting on a fan-friendly show. And I uh, can't wait to listen to you guys tomorrow while I'm at work. Thank you.
6: Fantastic call right there. Just going oh. down the list of points about this team. Sure. I think there there's a lot right there. But the one that continues to stick out to me is how Christian McCaffrey has just been an instinctive player throughout this season. Uh, He's just looked so much better than last year. And I don't think it's that he looked bad last year, but you can tell he looks a lot more comfortable. And now he's letting that football, like his football instincts, take over. And it's fun to watch.
8: Yes, he is.
7: Super fun to watch. And then, you know, he mentioned something. Uh, And I wanted to run this by the two of you. I don't know if we have any callers uh, that mention this or bring this up. But, you know, Torrey Smith was hurt and didn't get the chance to play. And how coincidental is it that when we have McCaffrey, Samuel, DJ Moore all on the field at the same time, we put up our best offensive performances. And we've talked before about how sometimes Ron Rivera, he has to have an injury to one of his favorite veterans for him to play the younger, better guy. So my question to both of you is do you think that's kind of what happened and are you now hoping that we see a little bit less of Tory Smith as a circumstance of that?
8: Well, I'll say this. Um, I, I mentioned this I think yesterday amongst ourselves um, when we have DJ Moore and we have for Samuel in the game. It's like we have two more Christian McCaffrey's. Yeah. It's like we have guys that can line up in the backfield and run the ball or that can split out and run routes. they 'Cause they're they're their builds, their um uh frames, their their running style, all the same. Really quick quick, fast, um Surprisingly strong and tough running guys.
6: Yeah. All three of them. Playmakers. Playmakers. Yeah. Explosive. All three of them are
8: legit playmakers. Illusion. And and that is what we need to, that's what Cam has needed for the past eight years, seven years. He's needed playmakers. Some little mini cams that. out
6: there. They're and little mini cams.
8: How good we can be when we have those guys on the field.
6: Favorite point about that call, though, is about DJ Moore learning about a rookie in week seven or eight because we've seen rookies play really well. Think Ben A, Ben Wickery. Think uh, Kelvin Benjamin. And then college, 10 10 games, 12 games at the most. The season gets long to them and grueling. And DJ Moore is fresh right now, so there's something to that. But we got plenty more calls to get to later in the show. We're going to come back to that. Right now, we're going to bring in special guest Gene Thomas from the Buck What You Heard podcast, longtime friend of the C3 family. He's got his mic on mute at the moment, it looks like, so I'm going to give him the warning on that. But Gene, welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast.
13: Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it.
7: Happy to have you, man.
13: Yeah. Hey, Gene. Good to talk to you, buddy. Long time. Yeah, it's been a while.
6: So let, we brought you on because now it's, look, the Panthers' second division game of the season upcoming this week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, the Buccaneers are, are the, the Buccaneers right now. I feel like in so many ways is there's been a – there was some things that you, could, you, you thought you were going to get excited about potentially earlier in the season. Problems on defense, let your defensive coordinator go as well as right now uh tough, some tough losses this season. And one, you just lost by three on the road in Cincinnati, I believe Fall to three and four after starting three and oh. is that correct?
13: Starting two and zero. yeah, it's man. Um, I don't know what to expect to be honest. I I've been watching Carolina. I've been watching Carolina and Carolina has consistently gotten better as the seasons progressed. And, uh, Fixed mistakes, uh, cleaned up a lot of stuff, which is what an NFL team is supposed to do throughout the season. Now, um, when you talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you you talk about the three-game suspension that Jameis Winston had at the beginning of the season. Nobody expected uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick to have the start that he had uh, going into the season. And then as you get past that, that second win, uh, they go up against the Pittsburgh Steelers team and the defense can't deliver. So there were a lot of issues with the defense, and they finally get rid of uh, Mike Smith and uh, you bring in, you bring in the def- you bring in a new defensive coordinator. They've cleaned up a little bit of that, but the, th- the strength of this team should be the offense. And guys, I'm, I'm going to be honest, you know, I'm usually positive about Tampa. I was so frustrated by that Cincinnati game because of the interceptions that I saw from Jameis Winston. Uh, he just put this team in a bad position
7: so hey man my name' is cody i'm the newbie to the to the c2 show i wasn't on here the the last time you were on but um yeah man i was i was very happy that you were coming on tonight because i just want to straight out ask you 100 honest uh and i want your raw emotion just tell me what you feel in 2015 with the first pick in the draft did Tampa Bay draft a bust? you
13: know, just at that time, I didn't feel like they did. I'm going to tell you this about Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston works harder than any other quarterback that I've seen, uh, with the exception of maybe Brad Johnson going back to the Super Bowl. But just what I've seen from him, he just, the decisions that he makes, it just, uh, he's a blessing and a curse, basically. You you know, Uh one time he'll, he'll put that pretty pass on the money and, uh, you know you've got a touchdown and then the next place throwing oh, an interception to nobody you know i just um i i don't know if he's the answer here and i think it's a, an accumulation of a lot of things um when you look at dirt cutter and how he's managed the game and then you look at uh i guess there's a like i said there's a lot of things that are going on but i just don't you know he's gonna have to do a lot to prove that that he's the answer here And just right now i don't see it
7: yeah i mean listen i'm a diehard clemson fan and i'll never forget in 2013 fsu and james just rolled in and they basically did whatever they wanted man and i remember then saying dude james is for real i mean he really does have a ton of playmaking potential but it's just something didn't happen for him that it seems happened with cam and it's just you know I was and i'm I'm, I'm a fan of them, you know i' I'm, I've never hated Tampa like I do the Saints and and the Falcons. Um I've been pulling for Jameis for a while, but it just seems as though that there's that final step that he hasn't been able to take, and I don't know why that is,
13: yeah, so it's gonna be an interesting season. Uh, a lot can happen between now and the end of the season. I'm not, you know, I'm not writing him off, but he just hasn't done any. He's not. He hasn't done himself any favors. The right. one thing that I said at the beginning of the season, when Jameis Winston gets back from suspension, he has the ball out the rest of the season, and he mm-hmm. hasn't done that. It mm-hmm. got so bad that they put Fitzpatrick in, and you saw what Fitzpatrick did. Fitzpatrick is a natural quarterback. Would you look at the touch on the ball when he's passing to receivers? OJ Howard, he uses everybody around him, and he was able to carve up the Cincinnati Bengals in the second half. Uh, just everybody getting open, and when you look at all the weapons that Tampa has, there is no reason for for Jameis Winston to have the interceptions that he had.
6: Joey, you know what the problem is? Is he got a disease? It's called knucklehead. He got knuckle- <laughs> uh, he got a knucklehead syndrome. He just everything he does is a knucklehead and and it's on the field, it's off the field, and I hope that that's not being too lightly of some of the transgressions he's had that's actually very serious. But you see some of those throws, and you've seen this, has, there's nothing changed. He's the same guy he's always yep. been. He's a guy that can throw five touchdowns and throw five picks the very next quarter and or the next game, the next week. He yep. just gets, I just feel like, he doesn't recognize the repercussions of throwing interceptions. Like, it's just like, oh, it was just an interception. I guess it's just part
13: of my game. If you go back to all 22, if you go back to all 22 and watch how he throws the ball, he doesn't have that touch on the ball. He's he's throwing fastballs. He's throwing lasers. He's throwing frozen that. rope. Uh, if, if you watch him and then you watch Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's dropping, he's dropping the ball where it needs to go or he's placing the ball where it needs to go. And when he has to put that laser in there, he does like that touchdown to Chris Godwin. You know, he just put that ball where it needed to go. But it's not always that fastball. And I don't know. I think it's just going to be a little bit more growth. Jameis Winston's 25 years old. He's got a lot lot more time to go in the NFL. So just kind of have to wait and see what happens.
6: Is this true in the chat room? They said 90 turnovers in 54 games.
8: Is that true? Uh, no, not I me. Mean, I, hear I heard you. something like that today. You in turnovers? Yes, that's a, said, yes, with- that's no, a real stat. In, in, in the <laughs> games he's played, he's averaged 1.5 turnovers per game. That's what I heard.
6: <laughs> well, I mean, he just hasn't had any games where he's had zeros, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like his best game, he still throws I mean, one. He's
13: had, he's, had, he's had games where he hasn't had turnovers, but he, he has. Yeah. He has. Do you guys move on from him? I would personally, I would. I just, you know, all all that I've heard from Jameis Winston is talk. I mean, he's made some improvements, but he hasn't made market improvements. So we'll see. Again, like yeah. I said, there's a lot of there's a lot of football to be played. Uh, there could be an injury. He could come back in, have his mind right, and you know he could turn things around. But just from his body of work since he's been in Tampa, I don't know.
6: Is this one of those things, though, that for the rest of the season that we're just going to see, because we know that Dirk Cutter is under pressure, his job is probably gone, I would think. And they're going to probably, I would think, get new GM, do everything. That's what I would do if I was them. It's just time for a fresh 100% and and commit to somebody in the long run. But are they going to be, is this one of those things where It's just going to be a constant carousel of these two guys, depending on if they have a bad quarter or a bad half for the rest of the season.
13: No, um, I I think that I think you you almost have to ride with uh, Fitzpatrick. Uh, I look at his rapport with Deshaun Jackson. I look at some of the passes that he threw to uh, Mike Evans and they were just effortless passes. And again, when he has time to throw the ball uh, Fitzpatrick gets it done, but uh, you know, I I look at how Jameis works with the offense and I look at how Fitzpatrick does. And you're looking at two separate entities here where uh, Jameis has his people that he throws to. And you look at uh, Fitzpatrick who uses everybody that's on the field.
7: Gene, let me run this by you. You know, two seasons ago, or maybe it was a season ago, everyone was crowning Tampa Bay in the off season. They brought in so many new weapons. They drafted OJ Howard. They had all of these pieces and it seemed like they were ready to take off. And then it never really happened. But then this yeah, year Yeah, yeah but, year. But, but but then okay, but that, that's my point though. Then this year happens. They're playing the Saints, game one, and Ryan Fitzpatrick just explodes. Do you think that was kind of the realization on what was supposed to happen when all of these offseason moves? Were made in the first place, like a Deshaun Jackson, like bringing in O.J. Howard.
13: That's that's what should have happened, and I've heard analysts say the same thing as you just said. Yeah, that's something that I expected from them, and and again, it's just a difference in quarterbacks, and you could kind of see that with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick when he stepped in for Jameis Winston after the injury. And guys, let me go on record saying I have supported Jameis Winston. Since the Bucks have drafted him, you guys have had yeah, me on. We definitely. talked about him. Yeah. So I mean, when you, you what you have to do is take a hard stop, look at his body of work, and say, okay, this is what you have. This is who he is. He's been in the league for what this fifth season. So this is this is who you, or fourth season, fifth season. This is who you have. He's a blessing and a curse. I mean, because like I said, he could throw that he could throw that dime, and then ten seconds later, he's throwing to a wide open linebacker and who's running the ball in for a pick six. So, um, that's who Jameis Winston is. And, uh, until he can figure all this out, I mean, that's kind of what you've got. And when you're talking about wins and losses, I mean, the general manager is right now saying "Win now this is what they have to do. There's no more rebuilding. This is it. So, um, we'll, we'll just have to see what happens. Uh, just looking at the schedule, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, this car, this Carolina game is going to be really interesting. It's going to be a great benchmark to see where Tampa really is.
8: Yeah, I think you're right. It's a very important game for them. Where do even you- if they don't win it, they need to look good.
6: Oh yeah, the Bucks do right now. How do you think you yeah. guys match up against us? Because the offense for you guys has been lights out all season long uh you're putting up tons of yards, tons of points it feels like every week but they they have not you know equaled W's in the last few weeks. Yeah. How do you guys I mean tough road game uh, in Cincinnati, you know that was a tough place. That's a tough place to go on a team that's reeling off of one or two losses themselves and are they need to come back and make a statement. But now you got to go on the road again to play the Carolina Panthers who last week played their best game of the season. How do you see this as? Is this something that where it just comes down to how your defense plays against Cam Newton and this offense? Because you feel comfortable about that offense in Tampa.
13: I think it's all about execution, right here. This is where, as I mentioned before, not to kind of do, not to dodge the question, but this team has to go out and execute. That's that's the that's key. Uh, make those tackles, make stops, uh, protect your quarterback, uh, keep Ryan Fitzpatrick upright. And, um, you know, make plays drop passes have been huge, uh, for this team, penalties have been huge for this team, and they just need to clean a lot of this up. And, you know, I, I, I've said this before, they can be in every game, but just the way they've played is just they've underachieved in a lot of ways.
7: What worries you the most about this matchup? So, when you look at Carolina, McAfee
13: does Christian, Christian McCaffrey, does, uh, okay. to be very honest. Uh, Cam Newton, we know who Cam Newton is, and uh, we see that every year. And he's a guy that you know, if if he gets loose and he gets start, he starts getting going. It's it could be a long day. Uh, Greg Olson, uh, another another person that he's looks like he's hitting his stride and he's he's ready to roll as well. So the uh, defense his the defense is, is going to be can't be a liability in this game, and the offense needs to take advantage of opportunities.
7: When you say Christian McCaffrey, do you feel that, that your your defense that the it's almost exploitable when it comes to the check down or when it comes to a player that's kind of squirrely like Christian is that can kind of move out when you're not expecting him?
13: Christian McCaffrey is multifaceted and when he gets into when he you know what speed and space, that's Christian McCaffrey right there. And he can make you miss and and he could turn a five he could turn a five yard loss into a fifteen yard gain very easily. So mm-hmm. uh just them the Bucks defense being fundamentally sound, wrapping up, making tackles, no cross costly penalties, that's what they're gonna have to do.
6: Do you where's what's the injury status on your team? I know that one of the, was it Levante David that went down? Uh Quan of, Alexander went Quan down. Quan Alexander
13: uh, a couple uh, yeah. weeks ago. And then Gerald McCoy, I don't think Gerald McCoy's playing this week. So um it's just um I, I haven't seen the final injury report, but uh Gerald McCoy with the calf injury, I'm not sure how that's gonna go. Uh Vita Vea had a uh, knee injury in that um in that Cincinnati game, so we don't know if he's gonna be hundred percent as well. Um it's it's they've they've got a lot of injuries, this this team does.
6: The chat room is putting out some crazy stats on Jameis Winston. Uh, Career 54 interceptions to 75 touchdowns. But somebody pointed out 36 fumbles. How do you fumble it 36 times?
13: Because you're not taking care of the (laughs) ball. And that's that's all part of it.
6: Good. Good. Mercy. All right. So uh, you got some. And now this offense though has been clicking better than we've seen any Tampa offense play than i in memory in my, in my mind. And uh, I mean, this is better than when Dave, uh, when Doug Martin was, was at his finest in those couple of the couple of games. I feel like Mike Evans has just continued to show he is a dominant uh, wide receiver. Number one, that probably just gets overlooked for how good he is in the league in top conversations Deshaun Jackson, having a, resurgence late in his career best season as a tampa bay buccaneer but i think how have, how is the offensive line held up because that has been the trouble spot for your team for so many years and now you guys are throwing the ball downfield they have to be giving you guys some protection
13: yeah absolutely when you bring in a ryan jensen at center uh that was a great free an- free agency acquisition uh players like ali marpet getting him re-signed donovan smith uh, DeMar Dodson, these guys just coming in and playing. Um, I, they, they've done, they've done a pretty good job of, of keeping the quarterbacks upright. And like I said, this is going to be a really good test against the, uh, against your front four to see how they, they hold up. And, and again, um, this, this is going to be a good test for your, your, uh, your defense as well, to see how they match up against an OJ Howard, Cameron Bray, um, mike evans deshaun jackson chris godwin and and uh some of the other uh receivers that are on this team
6: ton of weapons there ton you're right this is going to be a tremendous test for our defense uh, and that may be the best way for us to win this battle guys is for our offense to manufacture some long drives get keep the ball on the ground grind out some clock and us dictate this game now, where do you guys see the keys going forward of what needs to be done? I'll start with you, Gene. Is what do you see? Where Where do you guys? Where do you stand? Is this one of those you just have no idea where you are? Are you uh, hopeful that you could, you know, go in to our place and upset us, or is this? Where do you stand, and what are the keys to this game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if they're going to come out victorious?
13: If the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to come out victorious, they're going to have to get three and outs on, def- on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to have to get the ball back for the offense so they can go out and try to make plays. Uh, tackling is going to be huge. Uh, playing, executing is going to be huge as well. But making those tackles is going to be big because, you know, like I talked about, Christian McCaffrey, and I, I, I know he's not the only person on this on this offensive team, but – He's a guy that you have to stop him right then and there because you're looking at somebody that can stretch the play. Um, Greg Olson is somebody else. And and I'm really concerned with the linebacker matchup against your tight end. Uh, I just am not 100 percent sold on that. So that's something that uh, they they have to game plan around that as well.
6: Joey, where do you feel like the Panthers – I mean, this is an important test for our defense, but there also are some injuries on, on their defense as well that's going to make this difficult. The Panthers obviously would have I, – I hope they're their favorites in this. We'll have to check the line. But where are you concerned, Joey, and what questions may you have for Gene if about that offense as they come
8: into town? Yeah. Um, he- Gene, who, who has been the running back for the most part for the box?
13: Has it been um, – is it Barber? Yeah. How's he done this year? Um, I've been pleasantly surprised with what he's done. He's been able to extend plays and where they're running him. Because they're not – They've. this is the first game last week that I've seen where they've actually committed to the run and it was beneficial to them. Even into the second half, you saw how they – the Bucks committed to the run. And I was very happy to see that because that's something we haven't seen all year. So hopefully, you know, getting him some holes and, you know, he does extend the play. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how he comes in uh, against his run defense uh, of the Carolina Panthers.
8: Yeah, because in some games we've been, uh, let's just say, less than spectacular against the run. And that's really where I think, This game is going to be one of the losses in the trenches. Um, It's going to be, you know, can our guys uh, get off their blocks and tackle your backs and force um, Fitzmagic to win the game? I think that's what the Panthers' goal is going to be. Um, Stop a run, make them throw it. Um Wait and on the other side, um, the same way. I think Carolina wants to run the ball, set a tempo and um, you know, continue to work the defense, sideline to sideline. That's something they've been doing, um, making that defense run. Um, that's when they're doing the reverses and, and the and the counters and all the misdirection. They're making a the defense run. So, um, yeah, I think Carolina's going to be able to take advantage of the fact that, you know, Tampa's got some, some backups playing. And, um, I think that'll be how the, the Panthers are able to overcome. Um, and if this magic goes out and throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns, and, you know, what can we say? Great thing. Yeah,
6: yeah, I mean, if that happens, I mean, well, I'll tell you what we could say is that that ain't supposed to happen. We didn't get to them. <laughs> I mean, and, and, I'll tell you, that's not, that's unacceptable. Now, somebody brought this up. We'll kind of get towards the end of this a little bit. Is is uh, The question is, is this offense as good as the statistics pan out? And the reason we ask that is that you've played the Saints. You put up 48 on the Saints. The Saints – you know, especially at the beginning, we're struggling on defense 27 against the Eagles 27 against the Steelers only 10 against the bears. The bears were a problem game for you guys and the Browns, I think right. other than that, I mean, you guys have actually continued to consistently put up in the high twenties, uh, maybe even into the thirties. Is it truly as good as advertised?
13: If they're, if they're executing, yes, absolutely. Uh, There are, there's somebody, somebody is always open. Uh, the one thing that, and and again, not to beat a dead horse here because he's not even playing, but uh, there were many opportunities that Winston had underneath that he could extend plays. You can get, you could turn a a first and first and 10 into, or you know, turn that into a second and five, or maybe even a you know, second and three, uh, just based on how these these receivers were running routes. And, you know, he was focused on the long ball, and he wasn't taking what the defense was giving him. So uh, you've got a different quarterback in here. I don't know what to expect, so uh, I-, I will be just as interested to you as you are to see what they do. Do you have any
6: questions for us, Gene, about the Carolina Panthers that we can answer for you?
13: Yeah, absolutely. Um, how-, how happy are you right now with your wide receiver core? I mean, I've, I've, been-, I've been hearing all the Kelvin Benjamin jokes, and they just uh, – <laughs> are, they are all over the place. So, um, I you know, I know you guys have moved on. And, and what you have right now, do they complement Cam Newton? Well, I'll, <laughs>
7: I'll, uh, I'll kind of jump in first. You know, one of the things that, that we've been saying is, you know, does Ron Rivera, our coach, put in veteran guys too much instead of the younger, faster, more dynamic talent? And, you know, Torrey Smith was injured. Going into Baltimore, and you look at the kind of offensive performance that we had, it was our best of the season. So it really is kind of up or down with us, but we feel that like this year specifically, Cam Newton has the best supporting cast around him that he's ever had. I mean, you have guys that are able to make separation, um, you know, and get some distance between them and the defender. And, you know, Cam is always having to throw into these tight, tight windows. But now that he has the check down option in McCaffrey, he has a guy that can get open in Samuel and a, a dynamic backfield receiver almost uh, in DJ Moore. Yeah, I I think that as a as a fandom, we're we're pretty happy with uh, our personnel and the way that it's trending, especially after what we did to the best defense in the NFL.
6: I think that's the right word, trending right there, because you know we're we're trying to work in. DJ Moore more into this into the game plan and they were not ready to just throw too much on him early in the season. But it's kind of good news that it's trending where he's starting to really make plays in the offense. We really right now arguably and I think it's clear, I don't even think it's an argument, is that at least on paper and what we've in the limited sample set we've seen between Funches, Curtis Samuel, uh DJ Moore, jarris Wright this is probably the most talented receiver bunch that in ever uh, since we had Moose, Steve Smith and Ricky parole together. Right. With that three combination is that these guys, and, and to be honest, is that, you know, parole was at the end of his career at that point. Mm -hmm. So these guys are young. There, there's some playmakers there, but then there's some other hidden things in there, Gene.
13: Say that again. Is Funches your number one guy?
6: I think he's what I, I think he runs the routes that are for your big receiver. You know, and mm-hmm. I don't and I don't really know how to I think that in the NFL that we're that we're looking at when you want to put three guys out there, is that no, we don't have a guy that's gonna get ten targets right now. And so if that's what you need from Devin Funches to be a number one. Uh, to be a kind of a guy that you're going to feed and feed and feed no matter who you're playing, then Funchess is not that. But he is uh, – cons- I think he is. he's a nice player who has size and has length. But there's some other things, too, that are hidden in this that are part of the reason that this receiver group is starting to look better. One is we've always had Cam Newton. He's been amazing when we can keep him upright. The Panthers have allowed the least amount of sacks, I think, since 2015 – they, wow. The offensive line is playing far better than we expected, given some of the early injuries. And then you also have North Turner, who has made a significant difference in how this offense is run and the way these guys are executing. And I think that's even shown that Cam has looked some of the most polished that he's looked in knowing what to do in, in situational football and maybe not even situational football. I just think this is Cam Newton has looked phenomenal against the blitz this year. And it hasn't been because he's getting out of the pocket and running it is that he knows where to go when the blitz comes from the left. He knows where to go when the blitz comes from the right. And I think he's being coached up well. So I think all that lends to our wide receiver group and the success we're having, but young, fast, and talented. We haven't had that in a while.
7: And, and ever, to, piggy- to, to to piggyback a little bit on what Tony was saying, I think out of all of our receivers, Cam Newton trusts Devin the most. You know, mm-hmm. the, uh, he, I mean, he has – there have been times this year where Devin Funches has brought us that big third-down conversion that we needed to have the chains moved, you know. He's had some good touchdown passes. Uh, they love that slant to Devin Funches in the red zone. Um, yeah, th- there's a connection between Devin Funches and Cam Newton that hasn't developed yet between DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. So, yeah, as long as Devin Funches is on the field, he's going to look for him.
13: Yeah. And I also think,
7: I think um,
8: with all the talent that's around Cam, if we would not have brought in a new coordinator, it wouldn't have made any difference. Uh, I think the addition of North Turner has profoundly impacted Cam and totally changed his view of offensive football. He now sees football in a completely different light and has a deeper understanding of offensive concepts. And he has seen them work. He believes in this system because he has seen it. And I think that's the biggest impact um, that has been made on this team is the addition of North Turner. How
6: about this is with – on top of that, Joey, (coughs) is that you had Cam Newton joke at one point earlier in the season about how uh, when when Norv gets on the headset and talks about Cam running it, right? So there is – not only is there a respect for his football wisdom, but I think there is a a connection – that he's able to establish Norv with players part because he's been in the game for so long. But one of the questions I had about Mike Shula was this is maybe he's just not the best teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 and that doesn't mean he's a
13: bad teacher, but maybe Norv
6: Turner is a good, better teacher.
13: Yeah. Yes. Overall, that's, that's huge in, in, in football period. If you can teach somebody and, and explain to them, why they're buying into your system, that's 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 huge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you talk about Cam Newton and how long he's been in the NFL and the number of coordinators he's had to work with, and mm-hmm. then you have this guy who comes in and he can get him to change his philosophy and get him to buy into what they're doing, what their offensive concept is. That's very important. So if you, you have to be a teacher to some extent.
6: All right. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean and Cam's dealing. So you got anything else for us, Gene? No, guys, I really appreciate you
13: having me on. It's been too long. Yeah, man, it has been
8: too long.
6: I'm going to come on your show tomorrow night. That's at 10 Eastern Time. (coughs) That is great. Fantastic. I'm going to take my kids trick-or-treating. I'm going to rush them home. I'm going to tax their... Candy buckets of all the good <laughs> stuff. And then I'm gonna get hopped up on sugar and come on Buck What You Heard. Gene, can you tell everybody how to follow you on Twitter? It's underneath. Oh. You can see it in his picture, but go ahead and tell them that for the people listening on iTunes Stitcher TuneIn Radio. All
13: right. And yeah, I need to get that updated too. Uh you can reach me at uh Buck What You Heard on Twitter. Uh, if you go out to iTunes, that it super buck what you heavyweight. Heard. Say what?
6: It's not super heavyweight
13: anymore. No, I, I, you know what? Somebody somebody made a comment. Why are you calling yourself super heavyweight if your show is Buck What You Heard? And I, and I just kind of sat there for like three seconds. And I was like, you know what? I've just been too lazy to change it. So I finally changed it, but I need to go out here and change this. I'll, I'll, I'll fix that. Now you got that. But man. Is, <laughs> yeah, but you can reach me on iTunes at uh, Buck What You Heard. Anybody, I love talking football. It doesn't matter what team you're for. I just love football. So uh, you follow me, I'll follow you back. And I, you know, we'll, we'll be talking football.
6: Fantastic. That's Gene with Buck What You Heard. You can find his podcast on YouTube, 10 p.m. on Wednesdays. I'll be up there tomorrow night repping the Carolina Panthers. Gene, man, it's been too long, but as usual, it was great catching up. One of the best dudes yeah, I, I like know
13: it. in the world, Gene Thomas, right there. <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey, guys, you guys are great. Keep doing your show. I love your show. Uh, it's on my rotation at work. You know, I do check you guys out every week. So uh, don't think I haven't been paying attention. All right, man. Thank you very much. Uh, you have a good one. G. All
6: right, guys, we still got stuff to talk about calls to get to, uh, the numbers two five two 98. We're going to jump back right into the calls guys. Uh, cause I'm sure that these people have plenty to say and they'll tease out some of the ideas. So no need for us to interject here.
14: Hey guys, this is Justin again, uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Now that was a great game. That was a full four quarters.
7: Uh,
14: Really happy with the, uh, with what we got out of the offense and the defensive side of the ball. That was, I mean, the defense just looked, uh, studly, man. It was, it was nice. Uh, uh, I would point out that, that I, I think on, in the, at the very end of the third quarter, I got a little, a little uh, frustrated because I, I felt like we were taking our foot off the gas a little bit. I mean, I would, I would think if you go back and you look at the very end of the third quarter, um, yep. we just kind of slowed up, you know, like, you know, kept just handing the ball off to McCaffrey trying to put it up the middle and it just, you know, we weren't going anywhere and, and that was a, uh, that was a, a Ron Rivera thing, uh, that, that, that I think that you could, you could, uh, relate it to, to Ron. Um but, Anyways, uh, yeah, it, that was a good game. It was, it was really fun to watch. Um, now I just hope that we can go uh, next week and carry that momentum on into to Tampa Bay, um, and you know, hopefully, you know, uh, uh, we don't take our foot off the gas there and we just hand it to them. Uh, I'm listening to all guys talk about the uh, the difference in Cam Newton and. Uh, And you know, like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. I don't really think you can compare Cam to those guys. I mean, I I think you have to put Cam in his own class, and uh, with uh, you know, like a Michael Vick and and a Randall Cunningham. Um, Those guys were, you know, um, they they were, you know, they could throw the ball really good, but they, you know, they were also, um, they could also run the ball very well. So I think it's it's kind of hard to compare. Uh, maybe not fair to try to compare him to a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. Because, uh, they're, you know, they're, they got their own uniqueness. Um, and, and for that uniqueness, I would say that Cam is elite. He's an elite quarterback in his own class. Uh, if, if you know what I mean. Alright, guys. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for what
6: you do, and uh, keep pounding, man. Thank you so much for that call. There's two. Let's talk about two points in that call real quick. And number one is, did you guys f- get that same feeling in the third quarter that he had? And uh, it was good to see this. Is that even if it was momentary, like a moment, North Turner came out and got uh, really aggressive after that. So they didn't just flog that dead horse. At least,
7: Joe, what do you think? I
8: gotta admit, I, I don't think I necessarily got that feeling like they they took their foot off the gas. Um, but he said, even if it was only for a moment, because it seemed like that, that it got corrected. So, it did. It did. Didn't they
6: did. They did want it. You could tell there was a natural feeling that was like we're up 14 or whatever it was at that point, and that we gotta shave some time off this clock. Right, You could feel that in the building a little bit. But you also felt, uh, and and this is where I think, Cody, the sentiment comes from, that I wasn't ready for 14 to be the lead that I wanted to settle with. Uh, and, and because we've seen these games, we've seen the, the Panthers come back, is that you really need to continue to score on almost every possession, even if it is a field goal when you have a lead like that.
7: Yeah, and, you know, we were talking about the hurry-up offense and, and how Cam says that if he feels comfortable doing it, that it's a dynamic part of the offense. And then North Turner came out and said, well, you don't want to do it too much because if you go three and out real fast, you know, you're, that's 40 seconds, and then your defense is back on the field. Mm-hmm. But I thought, I thought in that third quarter that actually would have been a good time to move into that hurry-up. Just let Cam Newton take what he sees, you know, um, let him move the ball give them the check down option. But, you know, I felt like we had that defense on their heels and we kind of didn't take advantage of it as much as I wanted them to. Um, I've seen more egregious examples in the past of Ron Rivera just letting his foot off 100% of the Man. gas pedal. Um, I don't think it, it was that bad. Um I do think our defense played well enough uh, through all four quarters that our offense was comfortable around the whole time. But um, I wasn't too upset. But, yeah, there, there is uh, – a. I want us to stay aggressive when it matters the most when we're up like that. We don't want to be Atlanta and let every team back in the football game.
6: I think, to me, where it really comes down to is I don't have a problem with the slowing the game down. Uh, generally, I know that people a lot of times freak out. But what I think, and I, I truly – and I know what the caller was talking about there – but I think it's when we slow down because we're scared that we're going to lose it, and 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 that our offense all of a sudden is that we're almost stunned. We're ahead, and this yeah. game felt after that one drive where we didn't really run as a ton of. I mean, we ran some time off, but we didn't get anything uh, that much. Is that then we came out firing again on the next drive, and it felt like there was a certain confidence. At that point, that Cam was seeing the field well enough that Christian McCaffrey, that guys can make plays. So not slowed down because you don't want to lose, but confident enough in your offense to hand them the ball and say, "Hey, keep winning this game for us." Yeah. The, yeah. Go ahead.
7: Go ahead, Joey. No, I
8: ain't I anything to add. Okay, I,
7: yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I do agree with North Turner. There is a balance that I, I do think that we need to strike. Um, but I, like I said, I do agree that Cam Newton is one of the best quarterbacks um, in the NFL under that hurry-up offense. And, you know, it, it is a, a dynamic that I do want us to be able to use more of. Um, I mean, having that, that lead late in the football game, it's so demoralizing when you're up two touchdowns And then they put even more points on the board it's like dude you're ready to get on the bus and head your ass back home man you know Mm -hmm. i i I want i want to start making teams feel bad you know what i mean (laughs) i want to demoralize them so as as, as, if we're able to continue to do that then you know i'll be
6: super happy you know what i've been very happy about with north turner and we'll move on to the next point is uh that he's called balance games you mentioned this Cody is that we had 33 rushing attempts in this game and Cam Newton threw the ball 29 times you know you're really yeah. yeah and you'll see those numbers fluctuate the opposite maybe 33 passes 29 runs but it has not been a game that has been out of whack except for that one game maybe in Philadelphia where we're pounding down the whole time right Yeah. so he is calling a balanced game and that that's the key there now the other point to the call about to the part about cam newton i think there's a good point that I, one thing is that i don't think it's not even not fair to it's not it's not about fairness cuz i'm willing to compare cam to any football player in so many ways i, I think this is that one time do we have to feel compelled to compare guys and the apples an apples thing and just recognize that certain players are unique in various ways is that Peyton Manning was unique in his way, Cam ne- Cam Newton unique in his own way, but I I continue to say this about with Cam. The problem with Cam that I get so upset about people is that they often compare him, p- compare them to guys that their whole careers are past. And Cam Newton is not is as halfway into his career and you're comparing them against guys who've played an entirety of football and have go down in history as some of the best players uh, ever. So I do think that, like, hey, let's compare guys through eight seasons and see where Cam Newton sits there. And, boy, when you start doing it eight one-to-one, it's hard to outpace Cam Newton.
7: Yeah. And, you know, I think where that comes from with a lot of Panther fans is so many people make what I feel are – unfair criticisms of cam newton you know we know what kind of weapons he's had his entire time here we know what he's been working with and what he's had to overcome and to still be successful in spite of all of that and then these people levy these criticisms against them that are completely devoid of context you know it, it gets your blood boiling you know you do want to defend your quarterback and, and say listen my quarterback Anything your quarterback can do, mine can do better, you know? That, that's the, the the bravado and the, the attitude a lot of Panther fans do have. But I, I do agree with that caller, man. Cam Newton is in a class of his own. You don't need to compare him to Drew, to Tom Brady, or Aaron Rodgers. That man fits this team perfect. We wouldn't be anything without him. And as a Panther fan, we should all thank the heavens that we have him.
6: While we're on the subject of Cam Newton and earlier in the show, we mentioned how Lady Luck was on our side in this game. Not only were we playing well, but we got some good breaks. One of those breaks came at the half. And what we thought was, at the time, you're starting to wonder, man, this is crazy how they did this where Taylor Heineke comes in. There's a delay a game penalty. Then he comes in out of nowhere and then throws a pass to to Greg Olson, picks up, I guess would be a first down, it's 13 yards, picks up enough to get a a field goal. So we're looking at this and we're saying, man, here's another example of how everything's clicking. The coaches are doing the exact right things. Now, here is Ron Rivera on how that actually went down. And this continues, this is part of the reason I was asking is how real is this complete game? Or was it a lot of lady luck in there as well?
3: Well, what happened on that, um, you know, we, we wanted to throw the Hail Mary initially, and Cam didn't want to throw it. You know, he, he didn't want to strain himself out there in all honesty. So Scotty suggested we put we put Taylor out there. So they went out there, and what happened was um, they had a guy go out to jam on, on Greg, so we were going to throw the Hail Mary with Taylor. But as soon as that guy came in, um, Greg signaled over to Taylor, Taylor saw him. And um, it, was, it was a pitch and catch and, and you know, the, at that point, get as much as you can, get out of bounds with time on the clock. And those two executed it very well.
11: The delay was not intentional. No, the
3: delay was not intentional because at that point, point, in, in all honesty, um, you know, Cam just didn't, you know, didn't, didn't want to throw it. You know, we, we didn't want him, and he had every reason not to. And, and we thought, you know what, that's a good decision. So we didn't want to put him out there into a bad position. I'm not going to take credit for, for, for a couple of guys playing very smart football. Um, you know, those Cody, in any hard way, hard one hard of the
6: things hard. you've commented about Ron Rivera in many, in many times is that he hates talking about injuries. Where you were you even a little yep. surprised that he let up, that Cam Newton was hesitant about pushing the shoulder yeah. that far?
7: Yeah, I guess so. Even though it, it was already out there that Cam Newton didn't practice, I believe it was on uh, either that previous Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, from shoulder soreness. It was something that we all knew. Man, I don't know how to feel about that, though. It's like, I I don't know. It does make me wonder how much, um, you know, discomfort Cam Newton is in. You know, I know we've talked about the deep ball and, you know, whether or not it is a a cause of concern that maybe he does have some soreness that's preventing him from pushing the ball downfield. Um, So, yeah, it it is concerning. I'm wondering where he's at right now. I don't know if he practiced uh, today. Um, I'm hoping to see some more, uh, but uh, yeah, it is concerning, though, that, uh, you know, he didn't even want to throw the Hail Mary because his shoulder just didn't feel right.
6: Joey, what do you think about that? I mean, that might be I one of the most surprising statements I've ever heard, to be honest. I think it
8: was a total slip-up on Rivera's part. I think as soon as he said it, he wished he hadn't. That's mm. what I think.
6: Why? What, what, what do you think now? Is there anything to this now? Because I felt like here, this narrative that Cam Newton was having trouble with the deep ball. But I watch him play, and he's throwing some of the passes still that require so much mustard. Mm-hmm. If you think of that play that uh, Jimmy Smith almost kind of picked it off, where some people have commented that DJ Moore didn't cut the route off at the right point or something like that or or run the route as sharp as he could have. Cam's still throwing these 40 yard sideline passes that really and honestly, when he throws them, Joey, I still, every time he throws these passes, I, I think to myself, all right, only Cam Newton can do this, A. And B, what happens when he can't do this anymore and his brain wants to? <laughs> right? Like, there's going to be a point in his career we can't throw a 90 mile an hour fastball anymore, and he's still going to be a good quarterback. So then you have Bill Vose talking about how the deep ball wasn't there, the deep ball wasn't there, and this and that. Is there anything, or is there any real concern about this shoulder going forward, Joey? Uh, and what is, I guess, just shoulder soreness related to, you know, he had some problems with that. He had a surgery on it last season.
8: I don't know if there's, like, his heart, you know, and he can't. I think it's possibly more of a range of motion thing. You know, when you go to throw a Hail Mary, you cock your arm way back and then you just let it rip. Well, when you're throwing, you know, a 40 yard out, you don't have to do the same, uh, extended motion, you know, um, and I so gotta wind up like
6: Byron Leftwich.
8: Right. I think that made him where the difference is. Um, you know, he, he cause look, we all know he can throw a 40-yard out on a rope.
6: Yeah, and he's done it this year, too.
8: Yeah, so I don't think there's a problem there. I think it, it's just throwing that how Mary pass. She didn't want to put the stress and the strain on the joint. That's a couple,
6: it. A couple yeah. of comments in the youtube chat speaking from experience terrence murray says i separated my shoulder last summer had surgery and my shoulder still bothers me with certain movements so i know cam's Mm -hmm. shoulder still bothers him and jeremy clancy says i had shoulder surgery last summer still rehabbing it i'm no cam newton but it takes time to heal from those things cody Mm -hmm. go ahead cody
7: yeah and i just want to say listen you know you bring up andrew luck i mean that guy missed a whole season after having the same surgery that Cam Newton had, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I don't want to sound the alarms or anything because there's no reason to. I mean, even though we haven't seen as many deep passes, and now we do have Ryan on record saying something like that and him not practicing. I mean, you know, Tony, you, you just mentioned it. Do you see the zip that he has like on those slant routes to Devin Funches and Greg Olson? Yeah, it looks like he's going to break their hands. Dude, Dude, those are laser beams, man. Mm-hmm. Freaking laser beams. So, yeah, it's like, you know, I'm not I'm not worried about uh, the shoulder that much. If anything, I'm happy that Cam Newton had the wherewithal to say, you know, I'm going to live to fight another day. I'm going to let Taylor have a moment at home and be away and, and just, you know, continue to live to uh, have another drive and another play. What do you
6: think you about? Know. That's kind of surprising, Joey. That Cam that backs not backs down, uh, but has like like Cody says, the wherewithal. I like this is that it's a low percent, very low percentage play anyway. Yeah. And so it's almost like, why are you gonna make me do this?
8: Why Why are you gonna make me have one extra incompletion?
6: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he ran the ball ten times, and a lot of those were design runs. It can only be bothering him so much.
8: You know, speaking of throwing the ball hard, um, when John Elway was quarterback for the Broncos and um, his receivers would have these bruises all over their hands and around their hands, and it was, they called it the Elway Cross. It was the shape and design of the point of the football. (laughs) He threw it so hard that it would leave bruises in their hands in that shape.
6: Yeah, Brett Farvish. I mean, there's all, those are the two heaviest throw. The, those guys threw some heavy balls, Jeff George like balls. Yes,
8: exactly. and, and at six foot
7: five, two hundred and fifty pounds, it would be weird if he wasn't breaking fingers. I mean, come on, to, to <laughs> the, he's a monolith of a man. You right, know? Let's pound he, through with
6: these. Let's keep pounding with these calls.
7: Hey
14: guys, this is Justin, Charleston, South that, Carolina. We just again. did that one, didn't we? Yeah, I, I did this last weekend oh, too. No, he's Called back. twice. Um, I just wanted to say my uh, dab on him pick. Oh, All okay. right, uh, my own. And mine, you know, my guy. He he wasn't like I don't think the star of the game or anything, but uh, I say dab on Greg Olson, man.
6: Yeah. Really, uh, I think here, you know, it's a good thing about that call that I like too is that, I, I, to me, there was some concern with Greg Olson, or there is concern about, you know, do you rush him back too much? Is he going to be able to, you know, how durable will he be? But he's coming off of a game of two game of a game where he played a lot of snaps in Philly. Uh, I think he's what is this his third game back now?
8: I think that's right.
6: And, he start- yeah, and he's starting. It- Continuing to look like a force, though, you know, like a good piece. It doesn't look like he's getting
8: worse.
7: And, uh, no, the, well, it, and I think he's being
8: extremely cautious. Yeah. Um. I think he's not. He's trying not to take too much contact. He's trying not to put too much stress or strain on that foot. And and I think he's just being really aware. Um, when he catches the ball. You know, he's doing what he has to do to, to catch the ball, but then he's not looking to get a whole bunch of yards.
7: And also having him on the sideline, they did an NFL turning point on uh on that game. Uh, or, No, it was against Philadelphia. And he was on the sideline, and as soon as they went uh, up to 14 points, Greg was on the sideline saying, give us the ball back, and this – Game is ours. I mean, this is a W for us. You know, Mm -hmm. he's a a captain for a reason. He's an invaluable piece. You know, I almost draw the parallel. You know, he is the Thomas Davis of our offense. A veteran, Mm -hmm. a veteran player who just, you know, uh, he brings a fan
8: favorite.
7: Yeah, a fan favorite. Everyone loves him, and he's dependable. You know, even if he's not playing as much as, as he once might have, they have plays that Cam Newton knows. That Greg Olson is, you know, always available on that specific play, and that's an invaluable weapon to move the sticks.
6: Yeah, and we've seen, you know, he's just important to this team. That's what that Fair. is right now, and we don't have, and we're better with him, even if he is not playing at the peak. But actually, I think he is. I think he's getting stronger each week, as Lynn said. Here we go. Next call.
15: Hey guys, this is Mel. I'm calling in. Uh, from Charlotte, I actually went to the game. It was a great game to go to. I was nervous at first, but after a few quarters, it was like, okay, I might actually wrap <laughs> these guys. Uh, I guess one of the points I wanted to make was I hate to wish or even think about wishing injury on anybody, but it looks like the Matt Khalil and Tori Smith. Injuries might be blessings in disguise because our yeah. offense was looking yeah. competent with Torrey Smith in it, but it looked absolutely dynamic once we put more a and
12: way Kurt in Curtis Samuel
15: on the field along with Funda. Um As far as the defense goes, I think we've, we've been uh, critical of Eric Washington in this defense this year. But I will say they have had a lot more turnovers than I think we've had in a long time. Uh, Definitely more focused on turning the ball over rather than tackling. But um, (laughs) if it wins us games, then it wins us games. Uh, Enjoy the show, guys. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. Yeah, man.
6: Thank you, Mel. Now, I think that's a nice way of describing it. Competent with Torrey Smith, but dynamic. With DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, the one thing too is I think a lot of Panther fans have been disappointed with the personnel rotation on offense and a lot uh, so far this season. I think that you know a lot of people have been upset that it's maybe taken this injury to do some of these things. I'm convinced, guys, that North Turner is rolling out some things and keeping some secrets. And maybe uh-huh. not secrets, as in like, oh yeah, he's not gonna stun you with anything you've never seen before in the history of football secrets. But hey, you haven't seen us do this. You have been preparing on what you've seen. Let's save some film, save some tape. And I think Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore were starting to see more and more creative things there. But it continues to come back: is how do we con- correctly use CJ Anderson in combination with McCaffrey? To me, that's been one of the rotational questions that still lingers there, guys. And I got to ask this. Is there any concern that not just about getting C.J. Anderson touches because maybe he can positively impact the game, but that we could wear McCaffrey out this season? Or is there any concern that we're overusing the young buck?
8: Yes. I think so. I think that... um at the rate we're using him, he uh, could be susceptible to getting worn down. I think I think the rare tear most comes from that inside run game. I think having him out in the flat and having him out in pass routes, he's able to uh, get out of bounds. Get all the yards you can and step out.
6: Camille Walker is reading my mind. She says, I think Anderson is going to be used in November and December. And this is when I think when we start playing some of these divisional games, particularly we've got to play the Saints twice in December. Uh We need to save something for them. I think what you're going to see too is, or I do think there's a potential that we see more CJ Anderson in the backfield, but not minus McCaffrey. One of the things we haven't seen Cody a ton yet is McCaffrey in the passing game like we saw last year, where it was overused to a point? We saw him go out in in some in some run runs against. Well, first he was there late in the Giants game. Cam barely missed him. He you yeah. saw him receiving in that in that comeback against the Eagles, and I think we're starting to see him used a little differently. And maybe that's part of the puzzle that could be coming or part of the picture that could be coming into focus for us as we go down the stretch, Cody.
7: Yeah, and you know, I I believe before the season started, there was a concerted effort between Christian McCaffrey himself and our team to say, you know what? He was the eighth pick in the draft at running back, and we are going to use him how you would use an eighth pick in the draft running back as your bell cow guy. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I mean, Christian McCaffrey has been on so many plays. Uh, I want to say it's something insane, like 95% of snaps. And the next uh, number two is Ezekiel Elliott at 70-something. I mean, Christian is out there he all paid the nine He
6: played 98% of the offensive snaps in the, uh, against the Baltimore Ravens.
7: I mean that's abs- that's absurd. I mean that's that's really kind of unheard of, you know. Especially considering he's a smaller dude, you know, comparative to other NFL bruisers, you know. He's not a Leonard Fournette, you know. He doesn't have the athleticism of a um, of a Saquon Barkley, even. But when he's on the field. He does so much. And when you tie him on, you know, in the, in the uh, equation with Cam Newton, that really opens up what we're going to do on offense. And the defense, they never know what's going to happen. I mean, look, look at what Gene said even tonight. The first thing he mentioned and what he was afraid of on our football team is McCaffrey because it adds a dynamic on our offense that a lot of defenses, even when they try, it's just hard to prepare for.
6: The one part, though, that was – and I have been trying because I've been so impressed with McCaffrey this year is that, like, I understand why – like, you can't take him off the field is that this isn't a referendum on CJ a lot of times. This is how good McCaffrey's been. It would be silly uh, to say, well, we're we're sitting Marshall Falk just because we got a decent backup and we want to save him a little bit. But for me, I thought that in this last game when we were ahead late – and I just thought in that last 3 minutes that you were going to that that you there was no risk there was no risk of losing at this point and uh, there is a risk of injury and he has been so critical to this offense so that was that's where I've been a little bit more surprised is how we can use Anderson to protect McCaffrey not so much as well we need Anderson on the field
1: right
8: right we need to get, take carries away from from uh, McCaffrey. At times where... that
6: they don't matter, too.
11: Hmm?
6: Yeah. You know, at times in the game where they don't matter, it wouldn't have done right. anything to this game if McCaffrey finished the last five minutes on the bench.
8: Right. It wouldn't have made any difference. So, yeah,
7: right. and I do feel that Camille made the best point. In November and December, when it gets a lot colder and you need someone that's you know able... I mean, he's just playing in Denver of all places, you know,
8: driving snow. So, Yeah, I've said that from the beginning of the the season, though. I've said we'll see more of him late in the year. Yeah,
6: I think there's going to be some wrinkles. I think you're going to see CJ. You saw more of it. CJ played 18 snaps the most probably all season long, and I think the wrinkles are going to be like, hey, wait until you see us put McCaffrey in the slot and put a back in the backfield. And we have a, and we just got more dynamic. All right, next call.
11: Yeah, this is AJ down here in Bladen County. I usually listen to the post game show a day late because I just got so much going on Sunday. It's all right. And I just heard the last call from the Black Cat, Mister Brandon Herbert, and I just want to say, can Newton any day over Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, hey. 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 I'll take him. He's freaking man. Aaron Rodgers is good, I like him. A little over-hot in my book because he still lives under the shadow of Brett Favre. He hasn't accomplished what he has, and Aaron Rodgers is really gifted. I wasn't wrong, but I tell you, there's a little guy down there in Kansas City. He's more gifted than Aaron Rodgers. That's mm-hmm. true, but can't over Aaron Rodgers any day. Love that, man. By the way, keep yeah. pounding. And ain't nobody stopped that offense yet, but uh, see y'all next week.
8: That oh, is, man,
7: what a awesome. good call. Man, I love that call, man. I call, love that one. That was awesome.
6: Calling Colin I Herbert like to, to see the
8: Aaron Rodgers playing with the talent that Mahomes has, though. That would be amazing. Oh,
7: yeah. It'd be unfair almost.
8: Yeah, what? Oh, but man.
7: one of the, I i will say that even as as recent as a few hours before the show me and brandon were going back and forth still on arguing about and cam newton yeah we, me me and him can't get off of that but hey man i back my horse and this is his horse too he's a panthers fan but he says rogers is the best i rock with cam newton man
6: 252-228-5098.
14: We're giving you a final courtesy call before we close out your file. Oh. Press 2 to be removed <laughs> and put on our do not call. <laughs> list.
10: I'm pressing oh, 2. We got spammed. What up, C3? This is Ryan from San Diego. <clears throat> Tell
7: you know we're popular. About
10: damn time. Wouldn't you say? What's up, Ryan? Wouldn't you freaking say it's about damn time?
7: Yes, it is. I would yes. say it's about
10: damn time. And just as a Panthers fan... I am sick and tired of hearing about all this Drew Brees talk. I hate Drew Brees, and I hate the Saints.
2: <laughs> and The only
10: time I'm ever going to congratulate Drew Brees is when he finally retires from hey, football. Man. That's all we think. <laughs> Otherwise, I hope they go on a A-game losing streak so that we can win the division. Don't know if that's going to happen, but hey, I just do hope for it. Right? And another thing I'm happy to say is that Jameis Winston is finally getting the negative publicity that Cam Newton's been getting for years now with his 54 starts and 90 turnovers. That's just amazing to me. That he is struggling the way he's struggling, not that I'm wishing anything bad upon the guy. But now everything's coming to light of what Cam Newton really is, which is the leader of the football team, which he's always been a good quarterback. And Norv Turner has shown, even with a patchwork offensive line, that he can call X's and O's in a proper game plan and put our quarterback in the best position to make plays. Because if this is a crap offensive line, with shooter, we begin be to destroy week in and week out. Otherwise, go DJ Moore. Love the show. Talk to you guys next week.
6: Man, thanks for right. that call. And I think one of the things is that for me, it's never have I ever been uh, insecure about Cam Newton. Not one time in his entire career. But the one thing that's always made me mad about Jameis is that I don't think, other than the national championship, like other th- Cam's got a national championship. I just feel like people thought he was going guaranteed to be better than we without ever seeing anything. And then when he was making a ton of mistakes, it was like, this is. going to get worked out where on cam it's the opposite is like he has to prove still to you and that any mistake he makes is just a referendum on him rather than like i think we just made a bazillion excuses for Jameis winston
7: yeah and you know also uh, a lot of the things that people said that cam newton would do off the field once it got in the nfl You know, they saw the whole laptop thing as evidence of who the man was. You know, I mean, uh, Jameis Winston's groping Uber drivers. You you know, it's, uh, come on, dude. It 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 really is hard to understand. Um, You know, uh, in fact, I don't know if everyone saw this, but someone uh, photographed Cam Newton downtown handing out pizzas to homeless people that same Sunday night after the football game. I mean, like we—that—that that is the definition of a leader, man. Our offensive line, our receivers—you know, minus the rogue Kelvin Benjamins of the bunch. You know, oh they, 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 they want to fight for Cam Newton, man. I mean, that's—that's that's hard to come by. Even some of the better quarterbacks—you know—they're not leaders. No one says that about Marcus Mariota. They're damn sure not saying it about you know uh, Jameis Winston now, no matter what kind of front he puts on. So. Yeah, man. You have to know what you have. Cam Newton, I mean, I, I've said it all before, man. Cam Newton is the beginning, middle, and end of this football team.
6: That's true. Smash the thumbs up button, like us, write a review, support the C3 podcast, numbers 252-228-5098.
10: Oh, hi, guys. from San Diego. Wait, did we just do this, reason, call, didn't I I we? not call the show more than once. Oh, but uh, <laughs> he duping I me. noticing about Whole offense and everything that they do, it's like Norv Turner is keeping Cam Newton upright. Man,
9: yeah. Baltimore
10: got zero sacks on Cam Newton. That's amazing to me. A team that had twenty-seven sacks going into that game, and I mean, he's keeping Cam Newton upright through eight games. I I don't even think the guy's been sacked ten times yet through eight games. That's insane. I mean, between, between 10 and 12 times. Especially when he was sacked 10, like seventy about, times you know, when you... twenty in previous years, but I mean the Turner Newton is taking full form, full effect and he is just mixing things up like crazy. Just keeping the defense off balance. I I'm not really sure how many defenses out there at this point can actually contain what Carolina does. You know what I mean? Um well, you just went up the against the number one, Baltimore, and they couldn't. New Orleans versus what we did in New Orleans. I'm not sure if we can go into New Orleans and do what we did to Baltimore at home. But, I mean, I like our chances at home against New Orleans than in New Orleans, even though Carolina is perfectly capable of beating New Orleans. They've done it many times. Yeah. I, mean, we I actually play them strong there. Division from uh, New Orleans, or at least not getting swept this year for crown out. But I just hope that this thing just continues to move forward, and we continue to have Devin Funches in there a little more, and sprinkle in Funches. Not as much. I mean, you know, DJ Moore six targets, five catches. Devin Funches is more like eight targets, four catches. I mean, the 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 difference in just the ability to get separation and run after the catch is just it's overwhelmingly different. Funches catches the ball and gets tackled. Moore catches the ball and gets four or five yards after he catches the ball. That's the yeah. real big difference between the two. And it's good to have Olsen back in the lineup because that just keeps everything. Um, that keeps the pressure on the defense tremendously as long as the same with Christian McCaffrey coming out of backfield. So I just really like what this offense is doing and I hope they can continue to grow because we got to keep up with L.A. and New Orleans. We got a lot of offenses coming in and see right now. So, Yeah, Yeah,
6: we cannot take our foot off the gas. But I want to, going back to that and how well Cam has played or the offensive line is protected, I think a lot of that has one of the things that Cam has done significantly better this year is get the ball out quicker. And Norv Turner talked about that at the beginning of the season. The only time I can remember Cam being sacked this season um, or or one of the games is when he did hold on to the ball too long. So is that I think he's getting the ball out quick, and he is frustrating defensive fronts like Baltimore not giving them the opportunity to get after him a lot of
7: times. So for, for Joey and for Tony and for everyone in the chat, give me your honest answer. I mean, don't, don't sugarcoat it. Everyone, everyone here is fans. Just let me know what you really feel. Is anyone here afraid of the Saints?
8: Not like I was last year.
7: <laughs> okay. Okay. And, and they're okay. And you can make the the statement that they're a little bit better this year than they were last year. So yeah, go ahead, Tony.
6: Well, I mean, I think that their defense is that we don't know yet. Their defense played so surprisingly well last year, mm-hmm. and um, and I just think maybe it's got less to do with them, but I feel better
8: about us. Oh, yeah, I think that's what it is.
7: And that that's what I was gonna say. You know, even if they're a better football team, God, if we had this lineup in the Superdome last year in that playoff game, man, that's And we a were not bad last
6: game. year as a team. We were not bad. We were very good we were a pretty good team and we went and really took it and stuck it to the Saints in their house.
7: Right. Yeah. And injured Devin Funches and a bunch of no name receiver Demir Byrd was hurt. He was out. No Curtis Samuel. You know, this team has the potential to be the most dangerous team in all the NFC. I genuinely believe that, even with the Rams. We might not have an Aaron Donald, but listen, man, all things considered, this offense is potent, and we have the potential to be the most dangerous team in this division. The problem
6: with the Saints last year is one of our most disappointing performances of the whole season was against them. You know, at yeah. home, early in the season. And uh, they just had our number. They got they got it. But I think, look, is that we need to split with them. Uh, I'd love to sweep them back. I don't think they're a runaway with this, though. Um, I think that, but the thing is, is this, we can only control us. We can't control them. And it takes us to keep winning. And if we knock them down a peg, we can make up some ground. So there's still plenty of opportunity, a lot of division games to go. The Bucks are on the horizon. We got to take care of them. Um, all right, next go.
5: Hey, it's Josh from Massachusetts again, and uh, wow, uh, what's up, Josh? A couple of days to process uh, the game on Sunday, and you know, I think it's it's pretty safe to say we're all very happy with with what we saw. I mean, maybe a couple small things here and there that we didn't like, but um, you know, really it's hard to be displeased with what was put out there on the field for us. Uh, you know, especially to see DJ Moore kind of get into a groove and and perform to the way we know he can perform. Uh, I don't think it's been a question of of if it's been a matter of when. I agree with that. Getting comfortable and understanding the system a little better. Um, You know, I guess all I can really say is uh, we hope we can sustain this. Um, You know, with the Saints looming in the division, uh, you know, and especially you look at the last three games of the season, Saints, Falcons, Saints, that's, that's rough sledding right near the end, and, uh, you know, three games in a row that could all, all three of them very well could be to either win the division or to, or to knock somebody else out of the, uh, contention to the division, etc Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I really just don't know, uh, if it's, if it's handleable. I mean, it, I mean we all like to think it is, but, and there's there's some 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 trap games from what I would say ahead of time uh, in the future. So, you know, hopefully the guys can keep it together and, and just keep this locomotive going. Because if they play like they played Sunday every week, you know, call me crazy, but that Lombardi's coming to Charlotte. No no two ways around it. Have a good one, man. guys keep
6: pounding right now in the playoff picture the rams are winning their division uh the saints are in a game only a game ahead of us folks they are not just run off with this the redskins are at five and two the bears are at four and three and we're at contention for the top wild card spot right now we got to continue to keep this you know this is our it's in our we can only control what we can control I I have been surprised a little bit with some of the people that have been a little down on DJ more and not down at him as a playmaker, but they're like, well, it's going to take him so much time to, to become, you know, like I almost feel like they, we got a little Calvin Ridley envy. And, uh, and I feel like DJ has, as, as, uh, sure is that he just isn't, he does not physically Calvin Johnson, type player that can come in right away and be so dominant but boy has he contributed
8: Go ahead. He's, he's he's gonna be better than redley no doubt
6: you know i mean and, and maybe that's because we feel good after the last game but you know the first catch takes it to the house um I'm, I'm happy to have him on the team i think he's he's gonna be a good solid pick for us all right uh next call a couple more calls
2: Hey, what's up, man? This is Eli Kittabu. I watch your show. I love it. I love what you guys do. Um, clearly, um, I just had to get it out of my Thank chest. Thank you. I know we're, winning. we're doing such a great job. The defense is playing beastie. So beastie. Um, I'm liking what they're doing with the receiver. DJ Moore was the prodigal son. <laughs> uh, we got Curtis Samuel, who's back, He's doing his thing. You know, Devin, Function, Devin Funches with, the, with him being the high tower that we need him to be. Uh, I'm not really a couple of drop catches, you know, when it matters the most um, is really when we need him. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with the team and how we're going. But, uh, really, I'm, I'm a little iffy with, with Poe, man. What, what's going on, you know, uh, production-wise, you know, so far, it's just he's good on paper. You know, it's really his name that scares than the production. I haven't really seen anything for these past uh, couple games. We, we have I, I, He's not warming up or nothing. I, you know, I, I thank God we have love coming through. You know, but I don't know about Poe. I think that was a waste of money. Maybe we should have just, you know, kept a um, Star and, and maybe worked something out with him. I, I don't know. I mean, I kind of to Star now. Yeah. Let me know what you
6: guys think. All right. Let's talk about that poke quickly. Joe, have you been, uh, is this one of those things that, uh, you know, he only had three sacks last year, two and a Mm -hmm. half or something like that. Not, uh, has not been the disruptor uh, that he was when he first came into the league. Uh, but you gotta say this is the production just simply hasn't been there from the guys in the middle as much as we want and when it has been it's been from Kyle Love and well KK I think KK's played well he's just not been as dominant as we used to seeing at this point right
8: so where do you stand on Poe? I think think, um Poe has not really made a, a contribution to this team yet but I believe I believe he will. I believe he's going to have a game where you're going to be like, wow, that's why we brought him in. And, and maybe it'll be in the playoffs. But I believe, you know, we'll see something out of him.
6: Uh, Cody, go ahead and get in there.
7: Uh, I wonder if maybe we uh, have unrealistic expectations for Dontari Poe. So, I mean, is, is what we're – okay, if it's a gap soundness, You know, and we're not wanting running backs to run by him. That's obvious. But I mean, I still think if people are wanting him to have, you know, six or seven sacks by the end of the year, like, they're just not going to get that out of him. And you wouldn't have gotten that out of Star either. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just the the position that they play. Um, We might, yeah, we might all miss Star now, but I don't think we wanted to pay Star what Buffalo is paying Star. I mean, yeah, look at what Buffalo is, is paying him now. I mean, that's a bigger contract than Dontari Poe so I don't know man I'm not uh, I'm hopeful that he can do the job he was brought in to do be a big mean fat guy in the middle of the line and hold, <laughs> and hold his ground hold his position you know if he does that give our other guys some one-on-one assignments I'm happy with him
6: I, I think this is I, I'm with you. I'm I'm not as disappointed as a lot of people have been did I think it was going to turn out to be more uh I th- I just thought we would be more dominant period and it's not mm-hmm. just from Poe uh, I think it's right. it's just been the sacks a lot of different things but I'm looking at a couple of advanced statistics you go to Football Outsiders and if you look at adjusted line yards by our defense right now we're really seventh in the league. Um, in that case right there and I'm trying to think back uh, when it comes to uh, run stuffs here we are not necessarily we we haven't been good there I think if there has been a super disappointing part to me in this defense it's that those 4th and 1s that uh, that these QBs are able to just sneak so easily I just feel like we were going to have a, guy, a line that was going to be able to crowd up and be like goal line stopping you know, mugs all the time I have not felt though that we've been tremendously susceptible though to the run up the middle. So that might tell us something. I feel like a lot of times when these running backs are 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 getting on us is that they're running off tackle and uh, not up the center, you know, in between the tackles as much. So I I, I wait and see. Wait and see, but yeah, is that definitely underwhelming uh, at the very least, but these are hard positions. I go back to Linville Joseph for the Minnesota Vikings, probably one of the great, arguably the best pro to come out of East Carolina Pirates. And that's saying something when we had Chris Johnson, CJ2K come out. Um, but you know, you just don't get the acclaim as much when you're, when you're the big guy, you know? And, yeah. it, and the, it's hard to, it, this is gonna be one of those things is that we'll know more at the end of the season it's hard to tell on a game by game basis when you look at a tackle.
2: Yeah. Okay. Hey, you like I called earlier. Oh, definitely. I definitely forgot to even mention one thing that's uh, that's a crucial uh, a, a crucial need that needs to be done. You need to sign Eric Reed right away and uh, figure out long term how to right. keep Dante Jackson and not make the same uh, bullcrap uh, mistake that we made with Gettleman by uh, uh, letting one of our good players uh, walk. So um, that, that's definitely something that I think could be a matter of concern uh, later on in the future. But um, I am very satisfied with our defensive back position. Our defensive backfield is playing great lights out. Um, but definitely sus- is suspect to me is so suspect. Um, I think Poe's got to go. Um, Oh, po Clearly, boy. I haven't feel like we've wasted a lot of money on him, and we still haven't uh, haven't had the production that we're looking for. For uh I don't know. I mean, just, I don't, I'm trying to stay patient, but I really can't because it's like you know he's not really doing anything. Love is outplaying him right now, you know. And it's like, dude, like we didn't need you. well it's easy to say that when you got him let's
6: go ahead and we'll jump i'm gonna cut this off just a hair early and say this is that we're going to eric reed i think one of the great things about eric reed and and probably what would be a good thing about signing him is that despite the season he has no matter how good it is he's gonna be cheaper than it would be if he wasn't eric reed and he was this good is that uh-huh. you know? Is that the sh- the shroud, the cloud that surrounds Eric Reed, and and just the act of it? You know, I mean, it's it, he's talking about it in the press conferences or in the locker room, and I don't got a problem with it. It's like nothing. He's been playing hard on the field. Uh, he seems to be, uh, you know, not there's nothing really to be upset about. But the good news is, is just because he's simply Eric Reed. His value is going to be depressed, even in a free agency market, after he's shown, like, hey, this isn't a big deal, and I'm not that you guys made this a huge problem. So the Panthers, uh, we got away with a very cheap solution this year, and a great addition, a needed addition. You could get a discount Pro Bowler at a good time in his career when you
7: shouldn't. If if either of you have noticed, I felt this past Sunday against Baltimore was his best showing. I mean, he he, he ended up giving up that first touchdown, but you see it in his speed to the ball. Now he's comfortable in what we're doing. He's running around, he's physical, you know, he's even celebrating with the guys. I mean, he feels like he's a part of this defense now. And if he continues that level of play, I mean, honestly, I want us to fill other positions in the draft. And not have to worry about drafting a safety. You know, maybe draft a you know uh, uh, a box safety maybe in the second. Well, I think he anything.
6: is a box safety. I think we got him almost playing yeah. out of position a little.
7: I don't, yeah, maybe so. I mean, in San Francisco, they played Eric everywhere. Mm-hmm. Linebacker, high safety, box. They played him everywhere. But I mean, if if he's been playing well at the free safety position, and if he continues to play better. I have no problem leaving him in the backfield, um, being that enforcer back there, you know what Kirk Coleman did for us for a long time. And yeah, just start to move on and draft some other better positions. I'm tired of worrying about uh, who we have in the backfield behind Luke and Thomas every year. So uh, probably- we've
8: well, got Golden now, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that- it- and I think he's shown some promise.
6: And you could always do this. Is is that look? Is that if you were able to get Eric Reed this year and keep him, then you can allocate some of your draft capital in the first rounds, which we know we need to continue to pad this offensive line. Look, Ryan Khalil uh, is this is probably his last season, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, then yeah. you've you've got also that we need to continue to start padding with some really some high level players. This isn't guys that we have a ton of time to figure out if they're going, we're talking Taylor Moten level players that are gonna be like when they don't work out, it's more surprising than when they do work out. We're gonna need that on the offensive and defensive line, not investing a ton of capital and you can still get a rangy free safety in the mid rounds, even if Golden, if you didn't believe him at the end, It would be really nice to have somebody there uh, that could be dependable on Because we don't have anybody going forward uh, that we're confident in just yet. Yeah. All right. Last call of the night.
1: D3. What up, though? It's your boy Swish calling back in. And, y'all, I don't even have much to say, y'all. I'm still reeling off that win the other day. I don't even have much to say. All I got to say is DJ Moore is our number one receiver. That's that. There's (laughs) nothing else to say about it. I know I called in last week. Yo, cause I, man, I don't know how I don't know if anybody else was feeling the same way I felt, but I'm like, yo, I'm looking in the field, I don't see no number one receiver. I had to get a credit to French because he been doing the best. They just, like I said, I want DJ Moore and Curtis Center to be them guys, but the coaches need to give them the opportunities. And it's crazy that it always takes injury for them to get that opportunity. Torrey Smith needs out a buckle just to put DJ Moore in the game. Like he can't just do it off talent. We did seen the kid make plays. In the preseason and back in camp, I I don't know, but yo, it's it's there's nothing else to say. I'm I'm still like DJ Moore's our number one receiver. There's there's nothing else to say about it. I mean, the coaching staff got to see it now. It won't a matter of can he like do we think do I think does anybody think he can be the number one receiver? It was a matter of do the coaches think he can be. And after that game, I don't know. You you got to put him up in there. You have to put him in there. You just got to. I mean, the kid blessed us with a, over 100 all-purpose yards in the first half. If damn Baltimore would have gave us a game, he could shit. He could have gave us 200.
4: <laughs> 150 yards. Sure.
1: The camera kept throwing him that ball. He out there yeah. making plays. Out there making plays. 40 yards rushing off of two carries. Come on now. The kid is crazy. Um – and I, ain't some nith- of those. I ain't got nothing bad to say about anybody on the team. Line played amazing. Um, Yo, I Kyle loves a beast. I don't, I'm I'm not going to get on everybody else and, you know what I'm saying, down pole, but Kyle loves a beast. You can't deny that. Um,
12: It's like I heard the other call.
2: Yeah. Yo, I just
1: want us to go into, like, just keep this momentum up, keep reeling off these wins, like keep reeling off good wins. I'm tired of the cardiac catch thing. I, we don't did. always had it. This team needs to know its identity. We throw the ball better than we run the ball, so let's go ahead and get I know that's weird to say as a Panther fan, but let's get at it. Let's keep attacking these defenses. We can't get comfortable. We got to go in here, tear Tampa up so we can go into Thursday night against Pittsburgh and really show everybody in prime time what we really about. But that's all I got to say, yo. y'all keep count. Uh, ah, my I messed up. But y'all, keep, y'all stay safe out there. Keep count.
6: What a great call! Strongest call of the night to end the show, and I think that's a, a, a top to bottom good call. A lot, a, a lot of cool things to think about. That DJ Moore. I wonder if you went and looked at his stats. Somebody I heard that the that one the pitch he doesn't get those rushing yards because it was a fumble, and then and they counted as a fumble, and so he doesn't get the rushing yards for that. So if if he was able to get those numbers and those weren't counted that's even more impressive. But there is something to be said here about uh, injury opening opportunity for players and young players taking advantage of those. In one case, there's a lot of stories on the Panthers roster throughout the years under Ron Rivera where young players have stepped into roles and really taken advantage of that opportunity. You think of Andrew Norwell. You think of uh, maybe Taylor Moten getting the opportunity this year with injury to Darrell Williams. uh, The guy that's playing at guard uh, you're you're seeing it maybe with DJ Moore. On one hand, that's a good thing when guys can step in and and earn a spot in that and with that opportunity. On the other hand, there may be some concerns that maybe there's too much reluctance to put some of these guys in. But in other cases, they put the young guys in right away. Dante Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, uh, they've put a lot of pressure on young guys, so it's kind of hard to untie that Gordian knot of why some guys have a little bit harder time. Infiltrating um, the, the the kind of the key cogs of the of the team.
7: Yeah, uh, listen. I, I'll say this: I don't believe that DJ is our number one right now. I believe he had his standout football game, but listen. I mean, I got my show my start on this show doing draft stuff. I mean, when you look at DJ Moore in Maryland, he was their only playmaker, so they were fitting him the ball. You know, uh, now there are other options on the football team. So when you don't see him as much, you know, that's why it's different than Calvin Ridley. He isn't as polished of a route runner. But listen, when he does actually learn how to plan his feet and make those hard cuts, I guarantee you he is a top five receiver in the NFL. His athletic ability and agility is second to none. I mean, it's Alvin Kamara type football player where even when you think that you have him, you don't. I mean, that's special talent. He has areas that that he needs to work on still, and that's just honest. I mean, if you notice, they're still using him on jet sweeps and a lot of these other kinds of plays, and that's for a reason. That's not saying that he won't be able to do better down the road, but as of right now, they're using him in a way that puts the ball in his hands and lets him make a play, and that's what we're using him as. Down the road, once he becomes a better football player – Good luck man. DJ Moore is a problem.
8: Yeah. He, he certainly will be. He absolutely will be. All
6: right. Um okay, so I'm putting the clip up right now of I've been playing some of these video clips of of some of the guys doing these things. Um uh DJ Moore. Um Cody, thanks a ton for grabbing these clip clips for us. Uh, yeah. now this is, um, we got to get out of here, guys. The the calls have taken over in such a good way, folks. Uh, I'm so happy with the outpouring of support we've had. We've been getting record number of views on YouTube and our post-game show. Joey, we eclipsed 50 live viewers in our last Tuesday show. That was the biggest number we've ever put up on last Tuesday. And then on Sunday, we got all the way to 59 live viewers on the post game show the calls on the cat calls line 252-228-5098 keep to roll in we love how you're steering the conversation boy the podcast it gets longer but they just want more and more they want more (laughs) GJ, more all right uh that's about the end of the show unless uh, i don't think there's anything else other than uh, let's ask this i'll open this up to you guys uh what's your pick for this week the Panthers, do they continue to roll over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Cody, I'll start with you.
7: Yeah, I think we do. As long as we don't do that Panthers thing where we play down to the level of our competition, Bears and and such, you know, um almost losing to the Jets last year. Uh yeah, I, I think that we should win this. Uh I would like us to win by um at least a touchdown or two.
6: Joey, there were six and a half point favorites hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' second division game of the season. How you see this panning out?
8: Well, I think we uh, we are able to take the game over and we are able to pull away and win. Um, I think the score is somewhere around uh, 31-14.
6: Oh, wow. You just called Terrence Murray in the chat room who picked that same exact score. Uh, I think I want to see us win this game is somewhere, and I want to hold us to hold them to that that 14, 17 most points. If they get over 20 points, I'm starting to worry a little bit just because that's the game they want to get into. Uh, They want a 33 to 30 type game or something to that effect. I'm hoping we pull this out 27 to 17. Um, All right, guys, the last part of the show is where we tell somebody to ice it up, to toughen up, to get it together, It's the longest-running feature of the C3 Panthers podcast. And, boy, do we have fun with this part of the show. Everybody is open and fair game. It's our homage to Steve Smith, the greatest shit-talker in Panther history, uh, only to have uh, a new up-and-coming trash-talker in Dante Jackson. Uh, So one one day, 20 years from now, we place this with a Dante Jackson homage. But until then... We gotta honor the greatest line from Steve Smith: "Ice up, son." Cody, I'm gonna go to you first because you've got uh, a little video that I need to cue up for you.
13: What do you think about what's yeah, happening Yeah, so listen, in um, I don't know. Our our congressman congressman Bridgehill and the Republicans vote uh, know that it's dangerous to
7: change hope the hope presumption you of innocence. You are, whoever you are, uh, exercise your right as an American citizen, but you need to vote. Uh, To keep idiots like this from making decisions about your life and uh, generalizations that uh, is, I'll just let it speak for itself.
6: All right, here we go. If I can get it to work, I had it working and then there we go.
7: What do you think about
6: what's
8: happening in Washington?
4: Our Congressman French Hill and the Republicans know that it's dangerous to change the presumption of innocence to a presumption of guilt, especially for black men. If the Democrats can do that to a white justice of the Supreme Court with no evidence, no corroboration, and all of her witnesses, including her best friend, say it didn't happen, what will happen to our husbands, our fathers, or our sons when a white girl lies on them? Girl, white Democrats will be lynching black folk again. Honey, I've always told my son, don't be messing around with that. If you get caught, she will cry rape. I'm voting to keep Congressman French here and the Republicans because we have to protect our men and boys. We can't afford to let white Democrats take us back to bad old days of race verdicts, life sentences and lynchings when a white girl screams rape.
13: Paid for by black Americans for the president's agenda, not authorized by any candidate or candidates committee.
6: Uh, that's pretty intense, Cody
7: yeah okay so the fact that somebody thought it was a good idea to even make this shit in the first place to put all the dumbest stereotypes in the world to, to assume that that's gonna win your votes or support amongst black people anywhere in our country dude that is the dumbest shit I've ever seen our politics is a freak show right now it's a sideshow I don't even remember the dude's name, but to to that loser, dude, what an idiot, man! Ice up, son. Come on.
6: Yeah, that's tough when you tag on uh, longer prison sentences, and you throw that one at the Democrats. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
7: Uh, Black people, like, yeah. dude, come on. I know man.
6: it's uh it's it's baiting. That's what it is. It's all of this is baiting. So you know, bet, vote and be a part of the democracy and the republic. Vote for your interest as an individual and for your principles. And wherever that lands, uh, God bless you. All right, uh, Joey, who you got for our ice up for your ice up pick?
8: My ice up pick is uh, very simple. Ty Montgomery, Green Bay Packers. You get pulled out of the game. And you throw a tantrum on the sideline late in the game. Um, the team gets a kickoff, um, you get a chance to have probably the greatest comeback quarterback I know of my time, um, Aaron Rodgers. You get a chance to get him the ball with time running out to take it downfield for a win.
6: Plenty of time too.
8: Yep. Coach tells you not to run the ball out and puts you in the game after you just do a tantrum on the sideline about coming out of the game, and you take the ball out of the end zone, and then you fumble, and the Rams recover. Now, I will say this, they did a great job as a team of not calling them out, not criticizing him, not making a huge deal out of this. Um. Well, until today. In the end, he got what he deserved, and they traded him. They traded him for some athletic tape and a used dog strap. <laughs> uh, because he is an idiot, he absolutely showed his level of intelligence is near zero. Um, am bringing that chick out, so for that level of stupidity, I have to. I absolutely am forced to tell you, Tom Montgomery. I so soon. Uh,
6: man, that's awesome. He got shipped out. You know, the only that's some Dave Gettleman mess right there. Oh. Is uh, you're gonna get cut, like they would have cut him if they couldn't have traded him. <laughs> that's what happened. Oh, I <laughs> didn't. Um all right my ice up ice up to you sir uh cook gosh yeah is that that's just terrible especially 205 the real reason too you don't bring it out is because you get a free you know you get a free stoppage if right. if cuz you still get the 2 minute warning you bring it out you don't get that um potentially so and then you fumble what do All right yes, I got two uh, idiots that I need to call out and this is this is to people. I am icing up people on Twitter who are idiots. And this goes to Freddie Mitchell. Uh, I'm gonna put this up here. Is Freddie Mitchell the former uh, Philadelphia Eagle? Right? Is that Freddie Mitchell is known? Uh, he was drafted the same year that Steve Smith was. Freddie Mitchell uh, also. So what he does is something happens with with LeBron James this week and their struggles. I don't know what it is, but Freddie Mitchell comes out and tweets this. I got to respect King James for standing up for his teammate. So obviously what I'm guessing is somebody on his team is struggling. The Lakers from what I've heard haven't been uh, particularly good so far in this in this point of the season. And he says this, I got to respect King James for standing up for his teammate. McNabb would never do that for me. Um, then now if you really want a great laugh, what you need to do is go read all the comments that people wrote to Freddie Mitchell in this, but let me point out. This is that Freddie Mitchell had a career, 1200 yards, 90 catches, and only five touchdowns. He had uh, one touchdown in his first season. And I think he came out and talked about how great his hands were. And then he goes on and he plays only four seasons in the NFL And he's straight trash. Freddie Mitchell, Fred X, my friend. Like, I know that a lot of people don't like Donovan McNabb. I haven't figured it out exactly why that is the case. But Donovan McNabb was a damn pretty awesome quarterback. And uh, you don't have any uh, ground to stand on. So Freddie Mitchell, ice up. The next ice up pick goes to, um, this one is fun to me. And this is uh, is that it's a, a political pundit, a radio jockey. Actually, one that I, I like. I don't like the positions. His name's Michael Savage. Uh, he has the most fantastic Wikipedia page in the history of the world. If you realize that his original name was Anthony Weiner or Michael Weiner, something like that. Anthony Weiner is the New York guy. It was Michael Weiner. He has the most bizarre story, but the catchphrase of his show Is he has a radio show? It's a conservative radio show. The catchphrase is that I am to the right of Rush, but to the left of God, indicating that the only person more conservative on the in the universe is God than him. Uh, So that's a it's a cool catchphrase, and it's actually kind of smart. He's got a PhD. Uh, but he is go Google Michael Savage gets fired on MSNBC. You can see the exact moment my man got fired when he told a troll caller to that was gay to go choke on a sausage and he hopes he died of trichinosis. That's what he said on television.
2: <laughs> what? Yeah,
6: at what? I mean you can watch it on YouTube. It was like you can just see that he got fired. That's
8: at that awesome. Yeah,
6: he, <laughs> said, he said, "Choke on a sausage. I hope you die of trichinosis." Now, if you understand pork, then you get the joke. Now, uh, <laughs> the problem is Michael Savage uh it turns out that he was tweeting himself, trying to tweet himself from a fake account and uh boost up himself, like either point people to a book or tell them how awesome he is. Now, Michael Savage forgot to change accounts and then tweeted himself. Michael, and he says this is quote. From Michael Savage's verified Twitter account. Michael, your description yesterday of the guy that they'd pin uh, for this, uh, I guess this was the bombing stuff, sounds right on the money. Only thing didn't envision was a van slathered in pro-Trump images. Once again, you were correct. So Michael Savage was caught sending complimentary tweets to himself about himself. In many ways, this is like what the guy for the Clippers did. Not the Clippers, for uh, the 76ers. The GM who had burner accounts that was trashing his own players and his own selections. Michael Savage, sir, you got busted. You got busted, and it shows you this, folks. It's not just Russian bots out there. We are all just susceptible to all this bogus crap on the internet. So be careful. Be cautious. And Michael Savage... You accidentally got trick internet trichinosis and choked on <laughs> this Twitter sausage. To you, I say, <laughs> ice up. Yeah. All, right. All, right. all right, all right, guys. This is the C3 Panthers podcast. When I say the longest running Panthers podcast out there, I don't mean just that we've been doing it for six years, but that we go two and a half hours talking about the Panthers. Your calls have made this show fantastic. The numbers 252 228. Fifty ninety eight. Keep smashing that thumbs up button, sharing the podcast. Joe Riolano, how can they follow you on Twitter?
8: Guys, if you want to find me on Twitter, just look me up at Joe Riolano.
6: Cody Lashney, it's been a blast. Uh, I know you haven't been able to see the videos, but I've been playing them as we've been going along to match the conversation. Where can they continue to engage with you in some of the most fun Panther fan talk out there?
7: Yeah, man, at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. I try and respond to everyone. I talk about whatever you want to talk about. Hit me up.
6: Post-game show on Sunday. Let's beat those bucks into submission, and I can't wait to hear them crying some more next week. My name's Tony Dunn. You can follow me on Twitter, at cat underscore chronicles. Remember, Panther Nation, we're together. One nation, one voice. Keep pounding.
4: Big Tampa.